Hi, everybody. Welcome to Big Apple Hockey. It is Wednesday, September 15th. I had to remember what month it was for a minute. <laughs> but um, I'm, of course, your host, Mark Williams. And uh, I we are going to be short John Falkowski today. And we're just waiting for Anthony to uh, get back. It's a, it's a tough job being a, a dad, taking care. He's uh, picking up. He's getting his daughter from the bus right now. But so I figured I'd, I'd start ahead, get us all talking. Um, we have a big show for you today. We have Keith Jones joining us in about 10 minutes. So uh, can't wait to ask him some questions uh, about the NHL, about the Flyers. Um, and of course, there's a, a couple other goodies that are in there. And we already have comments coming on in. Oh, yeah. No, no filth today. Um, because, uh, he's at the, the wrestle, uh, wrestling, I think it's uh, ACW. I gotta find out which one it is in a minute. Um, Davey, by the way, uh, you, uh, were one of the giveaway winners last week. Uh, make sure you message Anthony if you got his, uh, Twitter handle right there and he'll, he'll hook you up with that. Um, I think you got. I think you got the shirts. Uh, it's either the shirt or the hoodie. I'll I'll double check. I got the screenshots of those. All right. Um, but yeah, it is it is exciting. Uh, the thought of just training camps are opening today for the rookies, and um, the league. Everybody else comes in next week on the twenty second. We are going to be us all. All three of us, plus a fourth person, don't know who that's going to be yet, are going to be going to the uh, September 26th Islander Ranger game at the Garden. So if you're there, uh, hit us up on Twitter and let us know where we're going to be. We do have a Big Apple Hockey Twitter. We are starting that this week and launching that. We will be having also a uh, website for the podcast as well coming soon. All right. Uh, just direct message him. Should be able to do that. Uh, yeah, AW at the Prudential Center tonight. That's what it is. And yeah, I can't uh, can't wait for hockey season to start. Uh, well, we have basically started a, a partnership with Hatrick Apparel. Um, they got a lot of cool stuff on there. Go check them out. Uh, I'm blocking out the website. See, I'm more of a contact guy. I'm not as much of a pitch guy. That's where, there we go. So a lot of cool stuff on there. Um, let's get me back on screen. Yay. So yeah, I'm just kind of ripped in for a minute. Anthony is now back with me. So that is awesome. Hi guys. Uh, yeah. I forgot if it was ACW or AEW, but fortunately I got Joe to correct me a on that. AEW. Yeah. <laughs> Phil, Phil will not be here with us. Um, but the man with the connections is, so don't you worry. <laughs> the, somewhere there's a guy that heard of a guy that knows a guy that Anthony can get in contact with. <laughs> At Kaiser Soze. All right. So, Anthony, we got um, we got the league starting up this week. Uh, rookie camps are opening up today. Um, what are you seeing? For first, who are the Islander guys you're looking forward to seeing? So, it's no secret that. The Islanders, unfortunately, as a fan, I can admit this, they have one of the 
the weaker prospect pools, um, you know, in the league. Uh, all two Rate, who they drafted, um, looking like could be a real steal. I mean, at one point he was supposed to be like first overall uh, before the pandemic started, and then, you know, he fell. But anyway, uh, he'll help. But for the most part, a lot of their prospects have graduated to the main squad over the recent years. You know, Wallstrom, Dobson, um, Sorokin. Uh, so for the Islanders, really, it's Samuel Bolduc. And Bridgeport had a really good year last year. Um, you know, was second in the team in scoring as a young defenseman. That's pretty good. Uh, he's big. He's mobile. He's got a big shot. He's going to be pushing to make this to make the team in the spot that Nick Letty, in the void that Nick Letty left. Um, and then Robin Salo. Um, any Ranger fans told Nils Lundqvist? Um, Robin Salo was you know was not far behind him in terms of being one of the better defense. Thank you, Gun. Appreciate that. Um, he was one of the better defensemen in the Swedish elite league. Uh, he came over at the end of his season last year. Of course he didn't play. He was more of with like a black aces, but, um, he's going to be in the mix too. So I would say those two, um, Simon Holstrom, who they took first overall a couple of years ago, I, I thought he was a reach, um, still hasn't really developed like he should have. Uh, so, but th those are, those are the main three. Um, but I would say the one that most chance of making the team is Anatoly Golishev. He's been playing in the KHL for Automobilist. Uh, he signed last year and came over. Um, he's actually listed as a restricted free agent right now, but he's one of those guys along with Michael Del Cole and Travis Zajac that Lou has apparently re-signed, but there's uh, no terms or official announcement on. So um, those are the guys for the Islanders you got to watch out for going into this season. No surprise on my number one guy that I'm looking forward to seeing is Nils Lundqvist. Yeah. Uh, we've been told many, many stories about this kid in the scouting reports and everything. And so far, I mean, just in his, his, his interviews, he looks like he's going to be something something great. So um, hopefully he lives up to that hype because well, he's, he's, he's fast. Um, you know, he's got offensive instincts and he can shoot. And I think you know, for really any hockey player, but more so a defenseman, if you're quick and agile, you know, you could walk the line, um, you know, get your shot through, have the vision for that. You have a chance of being an effective defender in the NHL. It just comes down to being able to play in your own zone if you want to be a true elite defenseman. So uh, high expectations for him for sure. Um, I'm curious to see if the Rangers are going to give him um, an, you know, actual spot in their top six or just be like a healthy scratch to start. But I don't think a young guy – is served by sitting in the press box. So I think for him, you know, you either got to make the team or he's got to play elsewhere where you could play every night. But um, he definitely could fight for one of those bottom pairs for now. I mean, you, Jared Tenorti, Patrick Nemeth, Boteto, um, those are the guys he's going to have to be better than to earn a spot. Because, you know, Truba, Adam Fox, uh, Lindgren, you know, they have spots locked down. So it's just I a couple of spots he's competing for. I think the modern thing in the NHL is that they get the puck out of the zone and moving it up to the forwards. Mm -hmm. And I think he's going to probably hit the ground running with that. He's, he's, he's got to be better than Patrick Nemeth. He's got to be better than, than Jared Tenorti. Um, that's, that's really the guys that I'm looking at with that. I mean, there were a couple other guys, Payunemi, I want to say. Um, I think Hendrickson is going to be here, but I don't know if he's going to be playing. Statboy Steven over at Rangers Review on Wardy NHL was uh, good to help us out with that. And, um, and hey, Dave. And um, it's 
uh, he's got a contract situation with uh, Ferlunda, so it's yeah. yeah, it's so he's 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 not going to make the roster. But I wonder if he's going to play in any any uh, preseason games. But again, I'm sure this he will. Is, this is the time you want to give those guys looks. Yeah, preseason, see what see how far away they are. You know, it's a good evaluation tool. Now, um, since since we got a few more minutes. What's one of the things you always look forward to in every single preseason? Line combinations. Uh, a lot of you know teams test out who try to tinker with chemistry, see who you know meshes well with the others. Uh, that's something to look out for. And then the obvious one, you know, the the play of the young guys. Like I just said, this is where you gauge to see how far guys are away. Um, if you think they're able to compete at this level, um, that's that's the biggest thing. So you know, a lot of these guys. You could really it's a good barometer to say, okay, well, you know, he needs another full year in the AHL or 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 he needs to be sent back to junior for another year. Um having a Barzell before his rookie year, um, he got sent, he got a little bit of a cup of tea, and then he got sent back to juniors. Um, and it did a wonders for him because he came back that following season and you know had 85 points. So um sometimes just not the right time. We need more time. So that, that's something that you know is very telling early on in preseason, I think. I think it's also um, you, you were talking about the young guys. It's where, where guys get to announce, "Hey, I'm going to be here and I'm going to stay here." Uh, one of the guys that I think about with that was Derek Steppen. Uh, Derek Steppen, when he it was his first preseason, I think it was 2010. Uh, yeah, 20 September 2010. He beat um, he beat uh, the former the former Columbus goal. I want to say it was Pascal Leclerc that just. Bar down in, uh, in the corner from the blue yeah. line, and I just went. This kid's gonna got an NHL shot, so let's see about this. What blockbuster trade can you see going down? And that's something I was gonna say. We'll we'll get to that a little later. Uh, but I, I, I saw that and definitely wanted to point out that won't be missed. We'll be talking about that. I don't yeah, we got a lot in our bar talk segment. We're going to be skipping over uh, honest press conferences once again today. Yeah. Uh, we, we are going to be uh, start tinkering with the schedule in the next couple weeks. Yeah. Where we'll be bringing you more shows, but um, they're going to be shorter. So yeah. that's where the good news is and the bad news is on that. Um, yes, uh, Dave, that's right. Uh, he actually said this, I believe, on uh, Rangers Review and when he visited with uh, Philk and me last week or two weeks ago. Two so, weeks ago. Yeah, it was right after it was right after you left for a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I, and I love the preseason. Are they still doing the craft hockeyville? I haven't heard anything about it. I usually yeah. see advertisements about it. Haven't heard anything about it. Uh, cause that's a shame if they, if they stop doing that. Uh, although you get all your, uh, preseason games over in Bridgeport, correct? <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's where yeah. the home games are. See, that's what I like about, uh, baseball's spring training says preseason, but you know what? We're all gonna suspend all that because we have our guest, Mr. Keith Jones, NHL analyst. Keith, thank you very much for joining us today. Glad to join you guys. How's everything going there in New York? Uh, ah, good, beautiful, beautiful day out today, enjoying what's left of the summer. So, um, but congrats. I saw TNT announced the broadcast team, you're gonna be a part of the on ice crew, so that's awesome. Rest, I'm looking forward to getting started. Yeah, I am. I can't, uh, can't wait to have a new challenge. It'll be different than, um, you know, being in the studio. And 
the Flyers broadcast where I'm upstairs as well. So a little bit different angle yeah. to, to take in the game. So looking forward to doing it. And uh, looks like both of the new networks put together some pretty good deals. Now, Keith, yeah, speaking, well, of the, speaking of the Flyers, they they were really active this offseason. You know, you have the you have the trade, the, well, the swap from uh, Atkinson Voracek, the trade for Risk, the line in Ryan Ellis. Um, what you know? What do you make of the moves that they made, and you know how do you really see them stacking up in the Metro heading into this season? I I think the moves were excellent, and in some ways very surprising, just because I wasn't sure that Chuck Fletcher would be able to pull off some of the moves that he did, including moving the contract of Jake Voracek. That was a a pretty uh, shrewd move on his part. Voracek still a very good hockey player and a extremely good passer and playmaker, but he was making over $8 million a year, and they picked up Cam Atkinson in return. It was making less per year by about $3 million, and is more of a goal scorer, something the Flyers uh, were in desperate need of. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, the most important thing he did was improve the blue line. Uh, should be a much more competitive group back there. Uh, Ryan Ellis is one of those players that not only is skillful offensively, but he does a great job in battling for his space and playing a really competitive game. I think that's something the Flyers missed in regards to leadership on the back end. And Rasmus Ristolainen brings a real edge to his game. I think he's got a chip on his shoulder. I think he's tired of people criticizing his numbers and going after Mm -hmm. him statistically. And I think he wants to prove that uh, there's a lot more to his game than maybe uh, some of the uh, in-depth analysis that takes place is missing. So it'll be interesting to watch how he performs. He looks like he'd be a real good flyer. Keith, there's lots of um, players in New York that we're excited about seeing young players. But in Philadelphia, uh, how about Cam York? Is he possibly going to make this team? Probably more difficult now because of what they've added on the blue line. Um, if they had not made some of the changes, he would, without question would have started the year in Philadelphia. I think this buys him a little more time to mature and to get his game up to a level where he can consistently perform as well as he's going to in the future. I think time in the minors for a young defenseman is probably a lot more beneficial than any other position with the exception of goaltender. So I think uh, his future is extremely bright, but it might be a little bit of a delay before Flyer fans get a consistent look at him, although he will probably play some games along the way. Now, now, Keith, I, I don't think it's any secret that Carter Hart, you know, underperformed with his ability last season. Um, would you say he's the real key to the Flyers making the playoffs? If he can get back to the level that he's capable of playing of, that will be key to the Flyers having the success they want to have? He just needs to play consistently like he did going back a couple of years ago, which is not an easy thing to do. Um, I think he's more of a positionally sound goaltender that, trusts or needs to trust his teammates in front of him. I think he lost some of that trust with some of the defensive deficiencies that the Flyers had last year. I think you're going to see much improved numbers on his part. And I think his overall confidence is going to grow quickly uh, just based upon what we saw two years ago. And I think the drop-off last year was a lot more to do with the entire team than it was with Carter Hart as an individual, but that can be very tough on a young netminder who has not had enough NHL experience to kind of deal with some of the adversity that he dealt with last year. Now, would you assume you, with the Olympics this year, you would assume Carey Price 
maybe Flurry, the two of the Canadian goalies. You think Carter Hart could be that third goalie in the Olympic team for them? Yeah, he'd have to have a great start. You know, based upon last year, I don't think the selection committee would have great confidence that he could, um, you know, play to the way that they expected him to. But if you go back to two years ago, uh, he won a ton of games at home in Philadelphia, which is not an easy thing to do for a goaltender. It's uh, time to eat you up if you don't perform at a high level, and he handled that. So I think that's something that will be in his future, but I think he would have to perform extremely well at the start of the year in order to be considered for that team. Keith, when it comes to New York Rangers, everybody looks at all their moves and they just kind of dismiss it and say, oh, the Tom Wilson incident, they, they just overreacted to this. But do you think it was more just the Tom Wilson incident or that they were really getting pushed around? I think the Tom Wilson incident went a long way. I, I, I never really felt like the Rangers were pushover. I thought Brendan Smith did a really good job on numerous occasions stepping in and providing that physical element. Um, I, I do think that that incident put them over the top. Uh, the one thing I would caution would be last year was a unique year because you played within the division multiple, I mean multiple times, and – for you know, a, a number of years, that has not been the case, and it won't be the case this year. But that animosity can build, and some of that toughness can really show itself from some of the teams that are a little bit bigger and stronger and meaner. I think that was an advantage for teams like Washington last season. I don't think it's an advantage this year. Uh, but I, I don't think it ever hurts to have some big boys in your lineup that give you confidence that, They've got your back if anything should take place. And you have a superstar like Panarin, you want to make sure that he feels protected. Now, Keith, as far as the other New York team where, where my allegiances lie, um, you saw a lot of them, you know, covering uh, the playoffs in NBC Sports the last two years. Um, they had the heartbreaking loss in Game 7 to Tampa. But do you think they can get over that hump finally this year? Or you know, what do you think the Islanders are going to do this coming season? Yeah. They, they absolutely can. They have Anders Lee, of course, expected to be back. Uh, that might have been a difference maker in that series against Tampa. Tampa is not as good as they were. They don't have a third line that can compete against, you know, that workmanlike attitude of the New York Islanders. Without the third line in Tampa last year, they're not beating the Islanders. So if Tampa's the measuring stick, the Islanders should be and a little bit advanced past them. So I would feel confident if I was an Islander fan that this team can get the job done. Good management, good ownership, a good coach, and a good nucleus of players that really seem like they enjoy playing with each other. And I think you saw in the offseason how many players elected to stay uh, with mm -hmm. options to go to other cities. That tells you what a tight-knit group and culture that's been developed in uh, that Islander organization. And that's a problem for the rest of the division. Keith, I, I, did, I always like to do some research, especially on all of my guests. And as I was going through uh, your stuff on uh, HockeyReference.com, I found this one game in November 1st of 1995 where you took two penalties, but you had your only career penalty shot. Do you remember that? It was against the Montreal Canadiens. It was in the third period of that game. It was against Patrick. And I hit him right in the chest with it. I was nervous I was going to miss the net. I hit him in the crest. 
Uh, it was not Patrick Waugh. It was a guy named Patrick Lebrecht, who only played two games in his career, uh, both for Montreal. And the good news for me right after that, the ensuing face-off, the draw was one back to me, and I took a shot and scored. So I didn't have to think about it for more than a few seconds before I could erase the bad memory of that penalty shot. So, I was yeah, going to say that there's a happy ending that was with that. Yeah, um, yeah, that 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 was it. That's uh, that's pretty good research on your part, but pretty well, good. Well, also, it's the, the second assist on that goal was Mark Tenorti, the father of uh, Jared Tenorti, current New York Ranger. So there you go. Tough kid, <laughs> tough kid, just like his dad. It's remarkable. Tenor got an assist. It must have bounced off somebody. <laughs> uh, Keith, you also played for Colorado. Um, I know a lot of times. You know, media fans say there's a big difference between playing in the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference. When you played for Colorado, did you sense that that difference in the game overall? Yeah, especially during that decade. I mean, there was the Colorado Avalanche, the Detroit Red Wings, and the Dallas Stars, and all three teams were better than any team in the Eastern Conference, with the exception of the Devils, who kept poking their head in there. Um it was, it was pretty intense, and there was no question the Detroit-Colorado rivalry was incredible and uh, made a lot of hockey fans out of casual viewers because of the intensity that those games were played at. But it wasn't just the intensity. The superstar talent on both teams was incredible. Um, so I, I, there was a time when the West was a lot stronger, but I do think there's ebbs and flows with that. I think it goes back and forth. I don't think there's a huge difference in today's game. Well, because also, by the way, right after that, you went from Colorado to the Philadelphia, and there is no bad blood between them and the New Jersey Devils or any other teams in that division. <laughs> that, 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 that's some crazy – those are some crazy games between those teams. But that, that was a – that's a fun place to play in Philadelphia as well. And I went to – poor me, I went from playing with Sackick and Dead Marsh and playing <laughs> with Lindros and McClare. What a drop-off. <laughs> uh, Keith, before um... – before I let you go, I have to say I always enjoyed the banter between like you and Milbury and Ronick on NBC Sports, and, and I'll miss them, but I'm looking forward to uh, TNT and ESPN. But while you were with the NBC Sports, when Milbury was on, did you guys ever like give him a little jabs and like uh, you know critique his trades? Like, oh, what do you think in trading Luongo and give him the business at all behind the scenes? There, there, there's a few people that tried that with Mike, but you're not going to get far with it with him. He is. Uh... He does not take kindly to that. He, he has, he's, a, he's a very prideful man, and uh, we're, we're still good friends to this day, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that I did not say those things to him. But, uh, he, he, he has a great sense of humor. He's a really bright guy. Uh, I know Islander fans want to kill him, and he knows it as well, but uh, he, he's a good man, and I'll, I'll defend him to the end. He was a good buddy of mine. Well, that's why if the Daniel if the Daniel Chara plays this year and happens to land on the Islanders, it'll be like landing full circle. That would be cool. I, I would love to see that. That'd be great to have him back there. And Mike yeah. was like a stepfather to to Big Z. I mean, Big Z would come over and have dinner, and you know, he knew, grew up with some of his kids. I mean, yeah. they, those those guys had a, real, a really good relationship back in the day. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, right. Tidbit: uh, Big Z was on the ice for Wayne Gretzky's final goal. There you go. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Great. That's great. Fun fact. Yeah. 
All right, Keith, thanks for joining us. I'm, I'm really eager to get the season started and the ESPN and TNT broadcast and seeing you. So that's going to be a lot of fun. But thanks for taking some time to join us today. Happy to do it, guys. Great job. We'll, we'll catch Thank up soon. Much. Love to have you Thank back. You, guys. you got Bye. it. Anytime. Bye. 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 All right. And you can tell, by the way, uh, we we're a little bit off. Usually we have Philk in there, so we could, yeah. we rotate a little bit better. <laughs> That was great. So, yes, we, we definitely we definitely miss Philk. Um, going, uh, by the way, you got some of the comments, but one of the important ones from before, uh, Stephen, thank you for joining us again. Uh, yes, players under the age of tw- of or drafted outside the first round under the age of twenty two cannot play in the in the AHL, especially if they're under contract. So, um, yeah, we were just talking about Nils uh, before. Just uh, his presence on his interview and how excited we are for that. We are going to switch gears uh, going to some of the other headlines made around the league right now. There are five key RFAs that are unsigned in the NHL right now. And um, you can look at this this list right here, Anthony. There, are, It's almost like tectonic plates that are shifting. Uh, who do you think is going to be the first one? And who do you think is going to be a holdout? Well, the one the one I wanted to lead with that I put in the rundown was Kirill Kaprizov, um, and I, I'll play the role of John here for a minute, Mark. You uh, you spelt uh, Kirill wrong. It's K I R I L L. Hold on, K I. Uh, how how does it go again? K I R I L L. But I thought I put uh, on two L's. I got two L's. K R I L L. No, you had K A. Oh, that's right. There it is. Yeah. Um, Kirill, Kirill, Kirill Kaprizov um, is the main one. I think he's the most intriguing one. Um, you know, hold on. I heard Anthony is a good friend of my in laws. That's interesting. I wonder who. Oh, there you is. go. Hey, this well, small world. Yeah. Let Mark uh, know I'll, I'll, I'll tell you about it. I told you a story about AZ smoking yeah. cigars with my cousin in Arizona. So yeah, there you go. There's another one. But Kirill Kaprizov, um, Michael Russo, who's the beat writer from the Athletic for the Wild, reported a couple days ago that um, contract talks between him and the Wild have became contentious again. Um, and then after that, uh, Bill Guerin uh, reported that talks are really slow right now. Uh, there's not much that's going on. Um, you know, I, I, I think the issue here, I think it's always been with the Kirill Kaprizov is the term. He wants to follow the, the model of Antemi Panarin. Um, and I don't think he wants to, not that he doesn't want to be in Minnesota. I just think he wants to eventually reach the point where he can pick where he plays by reaching unrestricted free agency. And he doesn't want to sign a long-term deal at Minnesota. And that's the holdup. Um, I think he really realistically wants two to three years, which would walk him right to UFA status while the wild want, you know, obviously would like to have him on eight years, but um, I think that, I think the lowest they're willing to go is around five years and it seems as though they're really struggling to meet in the middle. And, you know, this is a player that's still in Russia. Um, he's got to get, he's got to secure a work visa 
And then traveling from Russia to the United States isn't normal like any other year. The pandemic, he's, there's requirements, quarantine requirements, restrictions he's got to meet. So I don't know how, even if he signed at this minute, he would be on the ice for Minnesota when camp opens. But um, it doesn't seem like talks are going well. And this is a guy that, yeah, he's only played about 55 games, um, but he's dynamic. He's absolutely dynamic. Um, I, I think I saw that. I got a, I got a good chuckle out of that. Um, <laughs> You know, the Wild need to do everything they can to get him under contract. They, I get they want to control the player, um, you know, for for eight, seven years, but it's not really going to be in the cards. And I don't I don't think the threat of him going back to the KHL is really real. Um, but it comes a point where you got to you got to get him in the lineup, um, you know, kick the can down the road, sign him three years. Maybe during that time he falls in love with Minnesota or, you know, they acquire a, a Jack Eichel or tight player. Uh, to give him an elite centerman to play with, but they got to do everything they can to get him on the contract. But right now, um, it doesn't seem like they're in a good spot. I look at all these names. Um, yeah, the Kaprizov one is is definitely the one where the most stories are coming in. Uh, the Brady Kachuk one, I I, I kind of don't understand what's taking so long with that one. Um, I, I I know all the stories that are going in there. Yeah, right. that, uh, is, that is a weird one. Yeah, I think it's I actually I think it's both that they're they're talking about. But um Rasmus Dahlin is gonna resign uh because the Buffalo needs to get to the cap floor. Yeah. The Peter the the Pedersen and Hughes ones are are interesting because Vancouver definitely wants to keep them both. And I think they're sort of gonna be I don't, I, I'm trying to think of a better word than symbiotic, but one of them's gonna affect the other one. And they only have about, I think, 15 million in change in cap space. And you hear that and you think, oh, well, that's plenty. But not when you have to sign two guys that can get, you know, eight million per on their own. So, um, you know, Quinn Hughes, the good thing about him, he's he's not eligible to receive an offer sheet. Um, So they don't have to worry about that. But Elias Pedersen is. But I I mean, I don't I don't see it happening, but the threat is always out there. But um, certainly not this late. Yeah, yeah. And Michael Ferland, if they put him on LTIR, that might help a little bit. But they might have to move a contract or two to get these two guys on the contract. And, you know, we're down to the nitty gritty here. Camp starts for most teams on the 22nd uh, and on ice stuff on the 23rd. So um, you want to get it done sooner than later. But those two guys are interesting. And as far as Rasmus Dahlin goes, I think he's the guy with the least leverage. You know, he hasn't really broken out yet. Um, There's no doubt in my mind he's going to be that elite defenseman. I don't see what the holdup is there, frankly. Yeah, um, kind of. Yeah. And then Brady Kachuk, that should be a, a shoe. And I, I heard a quote from a couple of days ago that he was frustrated with the process and how long it's taken. And I agree. You would think, I mean, this is, you know, one of their premier players. Um, they have plenty of cap space, so that's not the issue. You would think he'd be locked up too. But um, this is like shades of 2019 with uh, Kyle Connor and Mitch Marner and all them. Um, well, I mean, Anthony, I don't understand what it's taking so long with Brady Kachuk anyway, because the rebuild is over in Ottawa. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what are your thoughts? Do, do you think any of these guys, um, and I know we'll talk about some on the bar talk segment, but do you think any of these guys become a real problem or, or do you think they all get sorted out before? Um... Kaprizov ends up missing time. I'll say it right now. Yeah. And, and again, we're going to go back to that in a minute, literally in about a minute. <laughs> well, that, that, well that begs the question do you think minnesota does it come a point where minnesota 
trades him. And I know I think I brought this up maybe a month ago on our show, but um, does it ever come to that point? I I think that's the nuclear option. I, I, I don't think they should they trade him anytime soon. He's a young asset, just one rookie of the year. He's a dynamic player that could change uh, any game, any moment. Hell, he even he changed the Vegas playoff series, I thought. Yeah. Uh, and, he, and he performed pretty well. And uh, I, I that's, like I said, nuclear option. That's when you want to just do Armageddon and get rid of everything right now. Yeah. You know what? I mean, they got, they're a team that is kind of always stuck in mediocrity, really. Um, Marco Rossi, Matthew Boldy are going to be good players. So, I think the future, they do have a future there. They just, they just need to get Kaprizov locked up. Yeah. All right. So what do you think about the RFA situations? Are any of these guys going to miss time? Is, um, uh, is any of them worthy of an offer sheet? Elias Patterson, but, uh, any other ones are worthy of an offer sheet right now? Can't offer sheet Quinn Hughes. So don't try that one. All right. Let's get to the bar talk segments. It's the second week in a row that I'm going to take a shot. I'm just going to make sure that there's a pause right there when I edit this later. I'm going to take a shot on this one. You're going to see beer. I'm buying everybody around on this. Oh, my God. Well, welcome back to our Bar Talk segment for Big Apple Hockey, where we gauge our confidence on NHL topics based on our choice to drink. Do you need a beer? Eh, so, so do you need a shot? Cause you're just like, Oh, or are you buying everybody around? Cause you're so confident. And I'll start off with this one. Nils Lundqvist will be on the New York Rangers opening night roster. And I'm buying everybody around on that one right now. Here's the reason why I think it's because he's going to impress everybody. I think he's just going to completely blow the doors off all of our expectations. And there's also no pressure on him. What are you going to do? Put him on the top power play unit? That's where they got the Norris Trophy winner right now. So I I mean, I, I just, I think he's going to come in, dazzle everybody in this preseason. And I, I don't think I'm going to be wrong, but I really hope I'm not going to be wrong. Anthony. Um, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go beer. Uh, you know, I, I think, I, it's, I think it takes defensemen a longer to adjust to the NHL game than forwards. It's always been the case. They take longer to develop. Um, I mean, there's exceptions to the rule. Um, but, uh, you know, I think the Rangers are in a, are a situation where um, they don't they don't absolutely need him to come in right away and produce. Um, I, I think sometimes certain players can benefit from playing in the minors or or whatever the case may be. I think he has the skills to make the Rangers. There's no doubt about it. But if he's going to play, I think he's best suited playing top four minutes. If he's going to make the roster, do you really want him playing bottom six minutes? Um, yeah, you can and shelter him that way. Or they could do what the Islanders did with Noah Dobson. Noah Dobson made the Islanders two years ago, and the guy was a healthy scratch for the majority of the games. And he learned from the veterans. And that's a way to develop someone too. So that, that's a possibility. Um, really bright future to, for the Rangers. Um, I think he will be a very, very good player. Um, I'm just not 100% convinced he's going to play every night. So that's why I'm going with a beer. Um, one thing I wonder about this, and I wonder out loud, if the pandemic actually helped his development. 
because they didn't feel a need to rush him. They didn't rush him at all. He got here in uh, three years. He was the 2018 draft. And um, you, you you listen to his his interview, and he he just sounds like a kid that's matured very nicely. So, well, that's on a bar topic talk, but yeah, you know, uh, that one's a little bit tough. I'm going to say shot on that. Here's a, here's the reason why I think rookie of the year talk is going to be not coming from me, and that's because he's not going to get number one power play time. Uh, there are other guys that are going to be um, uh, Moritz Sider. Uh, yeah, he's going to be coming yeah. up this year. He's he'll probably get number one power play time. Um, and well, actually, you know what? We'll get to that one in a minute because there's going to be other guys to talk about with that. The Sorokin Sisterkin rivalry will ignite this season, Mister Larocco. You're going out of order on me, mixing it up. <laughs> well, uh, I had to keep it with the Islanders, the Rangers first. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know what? Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go around here. Uh, you know, this is this is a situation where you know Sorokin's gonna be his first full year. He's gonna play more, um, so that naturally is gonna come into the equation. Then there's the situation of the Olympics. You know, it's th- th- that spot, that third spot behind Varlamov and Vasilevsky is gonna come down to likely Sorokin or Shesterkin. Um, they're best friends, which adds a fun element to this to this rivalry here. Um, so, and, you know, let's face it, I think they're both going to be elite goaltenders in this league. Um, there's, there's no doubt about it. They, they play different styles, but they're both immensely talented uh, rival teams, Rangers, Islanders. Um, you know, before long, Sorokin's going to be front and center because he's going to take over for Varlamov. Uh, so I think it's just going to get better and better from here, especially with the Olympic aspect uh, to it. Um so yeah, I'm looking forward to what both these guys are going to do going forward here. Um, unfortunately, I'm going to have to say beer first. The only reason why is because uh, Igor did not have his best games against the Islanders last season. Uh, I would love it if that's the case where it suddenly happens. And by the way, Simeon Varlamov and Alexander Georgiev are going to have something to say about it. Um, it's it's gonna happen because you know good goalies are gonna be good goalies. There aren't teams that just got their numbers. Like I always loved it when Islander fans said to me, "Oh, hey, we got Henrik's number. He has thirty wins against you in the fran- in the franchise history." Pretty sure Henrik Lundqvist wasn't too scared <laughs> of the Islanders. And this but you know what? Eventually, it, that's a motivating factor. I mean, after all, most blown saves Mariano Rivera had were against Boston Red Sox. Yeah. So. And you're you're gonna get great players, especially when it's within division. And uh, if if it does blow up and it, it it excites the rivalry, then great. You know, let's let's keep it going. I, I got this from because NHL on Twitter. I saw it was a couple of days ago. I had to it said had a picture of Sorokin, Shesterkin. It's like who gets the more wins, you know. And then everyone's commenting on it. So that's where I kind of pulled it from. Um, well, so. I think the answer on that's going to be Shesterkin because Shesterkin's going to get the starts. Yeah, he, you would think. Yes, he's he's gonna he's gonna play more, and then albeit a smaller sample size, Sorokin had the better statistics of the two last season. So, uh, and we had a better defensive team, a better yeah, defensive uh, coach team. I mean, we'll get all the factors, but again, Gerard Gallant's here. Keep on, I keep on saying <laughs> that's a big factor, guys. All right, um, and we're gonna go back to Lou Lamarillo on a different topic, but right now we we still have this one. 
Lou Lamarillo has one more move up his sleeve before the season starts. Anthony? You know what? I, a couple months ago, I, I would have said round. Um, I'm going beer, even though it's they have the hole on the left side that Nicoletti left. Um, and everyone has been waiting for the other shoe to drop um, and for him to acquire a left shot defenseman. You know, it was the, oh, well, they're not announcing the signings yet because, you know, he's working on a trade or, you know, he wants to sign his restricted free agents, Boville, Pelic, Sorokin. You know, all that happened um, and still nothing. So camps a little, you know, camps come around the corner here. Um, that still hasn't happened. So I'm a little worried about it. But um, at the same time, you know, trades sometimes happen, you know, before the season start. Eric Carlson uh, right before camp, uh, Max Pacioretty. Uh, and then who could forget October 4th of 2014 when um, uh, Garcinoa traded Letty, traded Letty and, and Boychuk, acquired him on the same day because um, teams needed to be cap compliant before the season starts. So you do see trades sometimes before the season starts, just the time's wearing thin. Um, but that, that open spot is obvious. And, you know, you would think he would fill it and not leave it for a kid like Salo or, or Sebastian Ajo, but uh, – so, yeah, that, that's why I'm going beer. I'm not round anymore, but it, it does make sense for him to pull one more move off. Unfortunately, I'm going to go shot, um, and you can't see it. There's the angry shot guy. I got to make him a little bit larger. But um, the reason why I got to go with that is because it's it's kind of the, getting to the point of my team is on the floor. You mentioned Letty and Boychuk. Yes, you're right about that one. Uh, Chris Osgood coming to the New York Islanders in 2001. I remember that one. That was right at the end of September and the end of um, uh, the the preseason almost. And then his first game was against the Detroit Red Wings. So how about that? Yeah. Um, there, It's just I, I don't exactly know where the moves are. But you know what? Zidane O'Shara is sitting there. Um uh, Jason Demers is out there. There's going to be a lot of them. Signed, <laughs> signed a PTO with the Avalanche. Thankfully, he's, he's he's the missing piece in Colorado. Exactly. And and you know what? And I hope that kid makes all the money he can. <laughs> but you might need to do it in ways that aren't hockey. Um, that's just my thought on that one. All right. Uh, there'll be a sizable trade before the season starts. And I, I'm actually getting down to beer on this. Uh, the reason why now, and it looks like it's actually right underneath Anthony's mouth as it foams up right there. Um, the, <laughs> the, um, the reason why I'm kind of getting skeptical about it is because it, a lot of teams are starting to set their rosters and you don't want players coming in to camp that you're going to start moving. Uh, Yes, it's happened before. Eric Carlson, uh, I think, was the latest one, as you just said. Uh, I mean, Danny Heatley in Ottawa, uh, uh, Letty and Boychuk, as you said. But I, I, you know, I, I'm looking at the situation. Jack Eichel's not going to get settled next next week. Oh. Um, Tarasenko is the only one I can really think of. So that's why I'm just going to say beer. Uh, he did not sign with them. He signed the PTO. He doesn't have a standard player player contract. Oh uh, yeah, I think he might have signed a one year deal. Did he? I thought it was a PTO. I thought it was a PTO. Oh. Uh, by sure. the way, by sure. by the way, if we no. when we get to Q and A time and everything, we'll throw Steven on to talk about Longquist. But um, but yeah, I'll look that up. Uh, but Anthony, give your answer on this. Um, beer. 
Uh, I, like you said, Eichel's not getting traded before the season starts. Um, Tarasenko, the Blues came out and said they expect he's going to be in camp. Um, I don't really see that happening anymore either. I think they're going to bank on him showing his shoulders healthy and then maybe, you know, trade him a little on down the road. Uh, but that doesn't mean that camp, there could be a trade that, you know, we obviously don't see coming that could happen. That's still possible. Um, like, you know, like you had mentioned, some teams don't want to mess with their chemistry as camps opening and stuff. But at the same time, before the first game is played, teams, that's when you need to be cap compliant. So there might be some teams that need to, you know, shed a contract and shake things up to be compliant. So that's still feasible. Um, I'm not saying it'll be a blockbuster, but, you know, I, I think you could get a, you know, Letty type of trade shaking loose out of that equation. Um, so beer, but I'm not, I'm not like a hundred percent convinced on it. Oh yeah. He's signed with Colorado, but he also says, yeah, it was a PTO on that one. Yeah. Although, uh, uh, the more famous Jack Johnson was the bare knuckle boxer in the early uh, 20th century. Um, one of the big RFAs will miss some regular season time. We'll start with you, Anthony. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to go, I'm going to go round here and say that Kaprizov does not, He's not here for the beginning of the season uh, unless things take a, you know, a drastic change and either Kaprizov um, or the wild have a change of heart on their stance. Um, then it's possible. But as of right now with how, you know, Russo kind of made it seem, um, I think it might be, you know, a while before he's here. And again, there's the element that he's not even in the United States. He's still in Russia. So that takes some time too. Um, so I'm going to go around. I could easily be wrong. As far as everyone else, Pedersen, Hughes, Kachuk, um, I think they might miss some camp time like Barzell did last season, but I, I'd be surprised if any of them missed any games. I'm going to go round two. Uh, we, we use the words one of, so all we got to do is just have one of five be right. Um, that, that, that's great odds for us. But uh, the I it, I think it's going to be a caprice off. I just it, it, there's going to be red tape that's going to get him slow him down here. I don't think he's going to be there opening night, so we'll see about that. And it's a shame because it's going to be the first opening night in two years where fans are back in. Yes, and yes. By the way, Dave, the first the first black heavyweight, and a matter of fact, uh, I'm trying to remember what the name of the Great White Hope was, but <laughs> I mean, Jack Johnson, he was he was a hell of a bo- uh, boxer. All right, going to some of the the bad teams. Arizona's combination of Hutton and Kozinar. That's the way you pronounce it. Yeah. All right. That, that tandem <laughs> is worse than Buffalo's tandem of Craig Anderson and Aaron Dell. Yeah. I'm buying everybody around on this one. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> they, you're talking about two goalies that were um, in Buffalo there. Well, first off Hutton was the backup in Buffalo or 50, 50, like 50, 40 split yeah, uh, was- something like that where the other 10% went. I have no idea, but it's just it, Hutton. He's better as a backup anyway. It, like he was when he was a, with St. Louis. I don't even know what the other guy is going to give you, but Anderson and Dell uh, Anderson was the third string goalie on, on uh, the capitals last year. And he, he, he even started a playoff game, but uh, and Aaron Dell, uh, he's, Never really taken that next step after uh, San Jose. So, God, I got to say, they're going to be worse over in Arizona. Yeah, this the, it's just all this is ugly right here. I mean, Craig Anderson, uh, I mean, he's, what, 43 years old? 
Um, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I, if you're 43, you're terrible. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know if he's an NHL caliber goalie anymore. Um, Aaron Dell, like you said, after he somewhat looked promising in San Jose, he's not very good. Um, so I, I, I really struggle with this. I really, uh, I really struggle with. I don't. They're both tire fires. They're both gonna really compete for Shane Wright. Um, but Carter Hutton, I mean, at least he's got age on his side compared to Anderson and Kozinar is, is still young. I mean, he's on, man, um, you know what? I'm going to go, I'm going to go shot. Oh, wow. I thought we were doing buying around, but there we go. There's uh, what was the shot guy? What's it going that one? I just kind of convinced myself there. I, I guess, I don't know. I think Anderson's done. I mean, and Dell's not, I don't, I, it's just like, it's, it's really ugly all around, <laughs> I guess because Kozenar is a little young. He hasn't really had a cup of tea yet. Um, and Hutton, you know, is younger and had some success in like St. Louis. And so, but yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a shot, but I'm still, it's still a very ugly situation in goal for Arizona. All right. Well, once again, we'll bring up the little angry shot, man. But yeah, like I said, I got to fix that. All right. Um, move it on. Okay. Going back to the banners, Quinton Byfield will win the Calder trophy. Anthony, you first, you know, I'm going to go around here. Um, wow. I, I think, uh, based on this year's draft, how all the top players are basically either playing at Michigan, it seems, or not playing in the NHL this year. Uh, Willie Meckland on San Jose. I, I I don't think he's going to play for them this year. Um, so you're talking rookies from previous classes and Byfield, you know, you're talking about second overall pick center big. Um, he's got a lot of tools in his toolbox. You know, you would think he's going to get the playing time in LA uh, behind Kopitar and Dano. Um, you know, and I just don't really see anybody that's, you know, Marco Rossi on Minnesota. It's possible. Um, you know, so there's that element. Uh, then you have uh, Nedeljkovic is still eligible actually because he didn't play enough games. So I mean that he was already a finalist, so that could happen. Um, Cole Caulfield, I mean he's really yeah, that's the one. That's the one guy that I think that I think can compete uh, for Byfield. And I know based on how he played in the playoffs, you would you could easily say he probably has the edge. But I've always liked Byfield. I actually was a proponent of the Rangers taking Byfield over Lafreniere just because of they needed help at center ice uh, and because he's also very, very skilled. It's not like the, the talent margin between Lafreniere and Byfield was extreme because I know normally you never draft, you always draft the best player available in hockey. But being that the gap really isn't that wide, I thought Byfield was the pick there. So I've always been very high on him. Um, and again, I think he has all the tools to be a really, really good player. So no disrespect to Caulfield because he could easily win it. But my opinion, I think it's going to be Byfield. Uh, I'm going to go beer. And the reason why now, by the way, uh, whoop, sorry, uh, the Rasmus Kapari or Alex Turcotte. I mean, I would love it if Byfield is good. That could free up an, a possible trade at Turcotte uh, and the Rangers should try to go after him. Um, but I'm, I'm going to go with a beer on this. As a matter of fact, I'll use it, this one right there. So I'm, I'm not blocking out your face. Now I'm blocking out mine. <laughs> there you go. Um, 
going to go beer because uh, there's there's going to be a rookie that we're not talking about. I mean, Cider in Detroit is one of them. Uh, there's, I mean, yeah. Alex Adelkovich came out of nowhere. Nobody was thinking about him for mm-hmm. rookie of the year. Uh, Vitaly Kratsov, I believe, still has rookie eligibility, even though he played yeah. 11 games. So uh, that's going to be interesting. And, um, and I just Zeman. don't know if Byfield's going to get the playing time, though. He's going to put up the numbers. Trevor he's got Zeman. power play time stuff. Two. Sorry, go Trevor ahead, Andy. Trevor Zegris, Anaheim. Trevor Zegris, there's one. Okay. Really, really good. Yep. Yeah, I mean, because sometimes these guys win rookie of the year because they're on bad teams getting all the ice time. Yeah. So um, that's where you can always just, just look with those. But, guys, what do you think? Uh think Nils Lundqvist is going to be on the New York Rangers opening night roster. Can he challenge Quinton Byfield for the rookie of the year? Uh, Sorokin versus Astorkin. The rivalry begins? Question mark. Um, Lou got another trick up his sleeve. One of the UFAs going to be missing time. And, of course, is there going to be a humongous trade before <laughs> the, uh, the season begins? Throw it all down in the comments below. Just like... Uh, just like this idiot keeps on telling you to. Yes. I just. Anyway. So, um, going back to one of the topics you had before, um, that we never really got to talk about. It's it's something that it, it's always curious. Lou Lamarillo always loves to announce these trades and just not announce the terms. We're all gonna find out about them. Just <laughs> just announce them. I I don't I, I don't get it, but. I also understand uh, Lou is the one that always said, if you got time, use it. Yes. Your thoughts. Honestly, Mark, I, I, I think a lot of what he does is, is great. I think it's funny. It's hilarious how he just does what he wants, gets away with things. Um, but I mean, what you have, you have the press release, you have, you make Prize available to the media. Uh, you announce him as part of your team, but you don't announce the terms and why not? I mean, Training camp is going to start soon. Uh, and it, listen, I can understand it because they're over the cap right now. I can, I can understand if you were signing a guy that's going to warrant $5 million AAV. But you're, you're, you're talking about a guy in Zach Parise, Mark, who likely is definitely a one-year deal. From everything I've been told, I haven't heard anything about being multi-year. And he's being paid for Minnesota. The, the consensus is he's going to get like a seven hundred fifty k to $1 million contract. Um, so it doesn't really affect the cap that much. So why, so why not sign it? It just, it doesn't, it, it doesn't make any sense to me that that's why you would think that it's, it's all for a reason that it's, that's contingent on other things he's got going on. Um, cause if not, why, I mean, what's, what's, what's the point of, of not announcing his terms? Like I said, it's not a huge contract. Um, I mean, once the season starts, Johnny Boychuk's going to go on LTIR, and that will that will bring them below the cap again, um, rough, you know, about three million. But then when you factor in Parise, and then the deals for Zajac and Del Cole and Golishev that are apparently done as well and aren't announced, that number, um, you know, probably put you back over. So they're going to have to waive Ross Johnson, Leo Komarov, Thomas Hickey. Um, that will that will get them back below the cap by set by burying those contracts in the minors. Um, but the point is, I don't, I don't see, I don't see the reason for not announcing the terms for Parise's contract. I, I really, 
I, re- I really don't. Because even it doesn't matter. You're allowed to be over right now. So they're over already. So even if he announces contract for a million dollars, does it really matter? I know. That's, and it's, you know, I, I, I don't feel bad for some of the, um, uh, the uh, us that has to try to cover this. Um, that we, we're trying to figure out what's going on. The people I actually kind of feel bad for are the people at Cap Friendly. Because if you look down here, it just says Zachary's a UFA. He's on the team, but he's a UFA. They have no idea what's going on. They're they're trying to figure this out. But, I mean, it's, um, it's well, just like it's – but you know what? Lose the Hall of Famer for a reason. So I guess that's – that's the reason why, you know, if he was he was running my team, I I I trust him. I mean, he hasn't filed the contract yet officially, even though he announced Parise is part of the team. He hasn't filed the contract of the league yet, still. Which is, can you even? You would think you wouldn't be able to do that. How do you announce a guy who's part of your team, but yet the contract's not filed, which would make it officially official? So it's just, it's just. Yeah, I don't know. And uh, Mike, I actually think um, the Taylor Hall deal was announced a one year, eight and a half million dollar deal, uh, like from day one with a no move clause. So um, I don't, it's just, you know, it's, it's one of those things. And, and that's why when we, we posed that earlier in the year of it being cap circumvention, because everyone else announces, you know, is it or, uh, <laughs> or is it? Yeah. So since since we haven't done the horse head joke in a while, here you go. There's there's the horse's head right in your bed. So um that's what we just posed with that. Do you guys think it's cheating that he that that Lou's doing that? Throw it all down in the comments below. By the way, of course, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Um I don't know now where Anthony went. And uh Actually, uh, Stephen, I'm going to send you the invite on that. Uh, but it's good. Geez, if we got any more dead air, I might as well be Mike Francesa. So sorry about that, guys. Um, the Nils Lundqvist thing. Um, again, I'm, I'm excited to see him. Uh uh, there's also uh, 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 I'm forgetting the guys' names right now. Sorry, guys, I've been working just nonstop the last five days and it's frying my brain out. Um, by the way, yeah, uh, Dave, I actually I took a sports history class where we actually had that. Um, and I couldn't remember that guy's name. It's been so long since the last time I needed to remember the the, the great white hope. But yeah, he got his he got his head pummeled. Um so actually hold on. The dead air of, of uh, yeah again Mike Francesa Mike Francesa would just do dead air in the middle of sentences, so I know it's the Pope I shouldn't say anything about him, uh, so and 
Actually, Anthony, I'm going to bring in uh, Stephen for a few minutes. Sure. Okay. Stephen, hi. How you doing? Hi, guys. Hey. How are you doing? I'm good. Oh, good. Do doing great. Looking forward to some of the other ones. Um, I was watching you guys the other day. Uh, thank you very much for uh, not, not banning me or anything. I always try to make sure that I just keep like one or two comments, say how good of a job you guys do, and then just get it. <laughs> Not really. Yeah, uh, affect that listen, anyway. listen, Tyler's in charge of the stream and the comments. So, well, again, I ne I never want to hijack. You guys do a great job on your mm -hmm. own. All right. So we were talking about Nils Lundqvist. Um, what are some of your thoughts on him? Um, probably one of the most mature twenty-year-olds I've seen. Uh, oh, he turned twenty-one recently, but um, yeah. Um, look, some people might think I'm exaggerating here, but this guy is going to wear a letter for the Rangers in the future. Um, alternate captain on Team Sweden at age 20 uh, talking to his teammates in Lulia he was a leader on the team um, you know players like Gustafsson who played in the NHL they look to him for leadership and this guy is now in New York ready to go he was supposed to come over uh, last year but the pandemic affected that unfortunately um, look I think he's ready to step in and uh, he's he's going to start on the third pairing, even strength-wise, but I think he's going to get some decent power play minutes. Um, I don't think Gerard Galland is the coach that will have power play unit number two on the ice for only five seconds. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for this. I've been I've been looking forward to this moment for three years. Is Panarin going to be okay with that? Because I think on all of his highlights, he's playing in that, air, that spot that Panarin plays on. Yeah, so uh, the the first power play unit will probably have Fox, Panarin, Zibanejad, uh Kreider, and then I personally hope it's going to be Lafreniere, but maybe Gallant holder holds on to Strom there on the on the right side. Um, and then the second unit is where Lundqvist will probably slot in either in Panarin's spot uh, for that one timer that he's so good at. Or they're going to have him run the power play like Adam Fox does. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, it's also interesting to see who the other defenseman is who's going to make the team. Um, it's probably going to be Miller, but you never know. Uh, I mean, Philip Heedle spent a couple of weeks in Hartford after he was an NHL regular the, the, the season prior. So it's going to be interesting. And, and development camp has shown... Really good glimpses of especially Braden Schneider. Um, Zach Jones, of course, already has NHL experience. Matthew Robertson's making a really good impression. It's going to be tough for Gerard Gallant to figure out which six defensemen he's going to go with. I'm pretty sure. Thing, it, one thing I know for sure is not going to be Hayek. Now, so. um, also, what other like forwards might be somebody that we're not talking about Payunemi. Mm -hmm. I know you talk about, I know you guys talk about Ryder Korsak. So um, who else? Uh, to, to make the team or, or just like, to impress whatever. Um, I think to make the team, when we look at forwards, I, everyone's talking about Morgan Barron, but I think Morgan Barron's ideal role would be on the third line. So unless we have an injury or a player is traded away, I don't really see that happening. I think the player that the forward that might make the team that people are not expecting is Justin Richards. Um, okay. He's a very mature two way uh, two way forward. Uh, plays a little bit like Dominic Moore. Can center the fourth line. 
Um, he's going to he's going to battle for that fourth line center spot with Kevin Rooney, and I wouldn't be surprised if he wins that battle. All right, all right, uh, Anthony, do you have any questions? Yeah, so Stephen, um, <clears throat> and rightfully so, Ranger fans could be high on Nils Lundqvist. Um, he looks like he's going to be a good player. Mm-hmm. But I just want to ask you about um, he wasn't a Ranger, but David Runblad, you know, played in the Swedish Elite League. He had 50 points in 55 games his last mm-hmm. year there. Uh, yeah. As you know, first round pick, he was highly touted. He was in the trade for Kyle Taris. Um, and then uh, he was nothing in the NHL. And then, you know, Tim. Tim Erickson, who was a Ranger prospect, another Swedish defenseman who, you know, Ranger fans were excited about, um, and he didn't pan out either. So what what's the difference between Nils Lundqvist and David Runblad? You know, is it possible that, you know, that that could happen to Nils Lundqvist, or mm-hmm. is he just far and away better than David Runblad? Look, there, there's, always, there's always the chance that a player comes over and doesn't adjust well. Um it's. I think fans usually underestimate the, the changes a player goes through. Uh, Nils Lundqvist is 21, so it's different compared to Capo Kako, who was 18. But still, moving from Europe, Sweden, Finland, Russia, Czech Republic to North America is a big is a big step. You know, you're leaving everything behind. You're moving to a country where you don't speak the language, where you speak the language, but it's not your language. Um, and simple chores like where do I get ibuprofen for my headaches? Become become a challenge, um, <laughs> and and I think people underestimate that because when you are in in a strange country, and uh, we saw it with Shiposhov in in uh, Vegas, right? And he was twenty seven or twenty eight at the time. He had a situation where his son was sick in the middle of the night, and they were trying to find a doctor, but they couldn't. And they they were driving around for two three hours until they finally found a police officer that spoke Russian that was able to help them. That is something that you don't really think about, but it's 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 a challenge that that you know, if you don't have someone with you who can guide you through those moments, hopefully they don't happen. But if it does happen, that can be a challenge. So you never know how a player adjusts to life in a different country. Um, but if I have to compare Nils Lundqvist to David Rundblad and Tim Erickson, the big difference is that Nils Lundqvist, at the base, is a good defenseman. If you take away all the points, if you take away all the all the offensive production, Nils Lundqvist is still a good shutdown defenseman in the Swedish Hockey League. He played in a shutdown role. He is the, the guy that the team counts on to, to uh, uh, defend the lead in the final minute of a game. Rundblad and Eriksson were never that. They were more... You know, they were just like like Rafi Diaz type players, you know, yeah. just there to provide the offense. Good puck moving defensemen, but not really the type of players that that you trust in the final minute of a game to 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 protect the lead, to 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 get you that win. And Niels Lundqvist did that. That's how he started. The offense only came later. So Niels Lundqvist is a much more complete defenseman compared to those two. Okay. The other question and, I want to ask you is, I know, sorry. obviously, for you're a Ranger fan, but I know being that you seem to know a lot about players in the Swedish Elite League, um, I wanted to ask you, what, do you, what are your thoughts on, or do you know much about the Islanders' Swedish defenseman, Robin Salo? Um, I mean, he had, he had uh, two less points than, uh, than Nils Lundqvist. Um, he's six foot, 185 pounds. I know Islander fans are excited for him. Do you know much about him? Um, yeah, he's Finnish. He's, he's not Swedish, but... Um, uh, 
it's I mean it's 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 fine. It's 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 the same region of yeah. Europe. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, Robin, yeah, that, that comment won't get us in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I always respond when people refer to Finland as Scandinavia because technically it isn't, but. Mm. Um, <laughs> Anyway, Robin Salo, Finnish defenseman, a good prospect. I don't think he's on that same level as Nils Lundqvist. If you'd have to compare him to a Rangers prospect, it's he's probably closer to a um, uh, Zach Jones, Matthew Robertson in terms of upside. You know, he's right. good third pair, a third pair defenseman with second pair upside. Um, where, whereas I think Nils Lundqvist on this team, on this Rangers team, I think what the Rangers have here is a Nashville Predators type situation where years ago the Nashville Predators had a, had a defense with Roman Yossi, uh, Shea Weber, Ryan Ellis, and Matthias Ekholm. They basically had two top pairings on defense. Yeah. Um, if the Rangers can can stick with, with Lindgren and Fox on, on the first pair and then Truba... I still think they're going to move on from two in 2024 when his no move clause expires. If by then you would have Lundqvist on the second pair with either Miller or Robertson or Jones, or maybe they pair Schneider with Lundqvist. There is some versatility there. Um, you would have a similar situation where the Rangers have a second pair that on most teams would be a top pair. And that's what the hope is going to be, especially with they're, they're loaded with defensive draft picks. Um, yeah. And and just talent. Uh, I'm going to leave you with uh, two quick questions, and then uh, we're going to do our, our Q and A and let you go. Um, first, what exactly is going to be the fate of the guys that don't make this team? The Matthew Robertsons, the uh, uh, Zach Jones. Let's say it's them. Are they just simply going to Hartford? That's it. Uh, some of the guys still have junior eligibility. Um, well, guys like Jones, uh, like Zach Jones went to college. So exactly, yeah. The, yeah. the moment he signed his entry level contract, that's it. He you cannot go back to college once you're a professional hockey player. But you can so, go to the AHL. Is he just going to go at Hartford yeah, so, and the so after that? It, I, I still think there's going to be a battle for that for that spot on the left side. I think Lindgren and Nemeth are are locks to make the team. They signed Nemeth. You know, he's a veteran presence. Lindgren is is. I mean, no one's going to dispute Lindgren making the team. Nope. So that, that third spot on the left is going to be up for grabs. I know Ke'Andre Miller played there last season. I don't think Ke'Andre Miller has reached that level yet where he's an undisputed starter on the team. It's it's his spot to lose, but he can still lose it. So it's either going to be Miller, Robertson, or Jones. Reunanen, I don't think he's good enough to beat out all those all three of those. Um, but if Jones and Robertson don't make it, they're going to play in the AHL. Um, technically, Robertson is still eligible to play in the WHL, but in juniors, teams have a limit of three players age 20 and over. So teams don't really have room for a lot of 20-year-olds in, in juniors. I also think Robertson has nothing left to learn there. So they will start in Hartford. Down the line, if they cannot make the team, they're unfortunately going to be victims of the rebuild. And they're going to be traded either for a pick or maybe for a similar player in a different position. Um, I've always said uh, the, the name Rasmus Kupari popped up a couple of minutes ago in the chat. Yeah. 
I've always said Matthew Robertson for Rasmus Kupari is a trade that, that benefits all parties involved. The LA Kings can really use a defenseman like Matthew Robertson. The Rangers have the left side covered with Miller and, and Jones for the future. Kupari is a center prospect the Rangers desperately need. He's played with Kako in, in, uh, at the under-18 World Championship, so they have that, that chemistry, that history too. Um, so it's 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 a situation that will be a trade that works for all parties involved. Um, if if they if they don't make the team, that's just that's where they're going to end up. They're going to be traded to another team. But that's that I'm yeah. You could say that is disappointing to see players leave, mm-hmm. but unless the NHL increases the number of players, active players to twenty plus two goalies, you're not going to see more than six defensemen on the team. So yeah. Um, and then lastly, uh, all the reports, Capacaco has now put on some more size. Uh, you think this is finally the year we're going to see him truly break out? Um, well, I think Capacaco had a, had, had a, had a strong season. I wouldn't call it a breakout season because the offense wasn't there yet. And that's what people ultimately will look at. But the, the strides he made from year one to year two were amazing. Um, he was ranked, I think top 10. Uh, in defensive metrics among forwards in the NHL. He was in the same ballpark as guys like Mark Stone in terms of defense. So that part of the game is really difficult to learn. If if he can do that at age 20 already, I'm very hopeful for this upcoming season. Uh, he has had a very productive offseason. He, uh, he worked out with several NHL players, including uh, Miko Rantanen, which Pierre, Pierre Maguire... Uh, pronunciation, um, and uh, it's just the offense that, that that needs to get there now. I also think under Gallant, he will have a little bit more freedom. He will be a little bit more at ease. Um, he had an interview yesterday uh, in Turku um, with a TPS uh, podcast, and one of the things he said was that uh, you know he one of the things he didn't understand is that some players, when they make a mistake, they get benched and other players, when they make a mistake, nothing happens. It's a, it's a little bit of a dig still towards David Quinn, but that, mm-hmm. that's, one of the, that's one of the issues that the Rangers had on this team. You know, there rules for thee, but not for, not for me, that, that, that kind of attitude. I don't think we've been saying too often in this world we live in right now. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and it's it's just it's it's frustrating for the players as well because they they don't understand why like especially a kid like Kako whose first language is in English. So the explanation he gets from coaches it's already it's you already have a language barrier there, and then you see players who play far worse than you in a game, and they they're out there defending a lead, they're out there on the power play on the penalty kill. And you have a puck bounce off your stick, and you're benched for the last eight minutes of the game. It's 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 confusing. So under Gerard Gallant, I don't see that happening. I think this is going to be the year where Kako really gets his offense together. Um, uh, but it's also because of the Rangers being a more complete team. Mm. Lafreniere is a year older, and let's also not forget all the drama we had last season. It was a season that lasted five months, but the Rangers had more drama than most NHL teams experience in a decade. You've, yeah. had, you've had fights in the locker room. You've had your best center out with COVID for six weeks. Then you had Shesh uh, Jorkin with that freak groan injury. You had a Russian reporter going after Panarin. 
Then you had your coach missing time because of COVID. So you get replacement coaches behind the bench. And all of a sudden it clicks and you score nine goals against Flyers. <laughs> then, yeah, then 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 your most physical players, Lindgren, Kreider, Truba, are out with injuries. And then the Wilson incident happens. And then a couple of days later, your team uh, releases a statement and your general manager and president are fired before the season's even over. And I'm not oh, sure. Did you, did you even mention D'Angelo in that? and then uh and then a war with a ranger blog i mean how many teams deal with stuff yeah. like that uh, but but like i said a normal nhl team usually has this much adversity spread out over a decade and we had it in a five oh. month span yeah so, so by not having all that plus a new coach plus your young stars being a year older Plus your third pairing going from Johnson and Batetto to Nemeth and Lundqvist. Yeah. Uh, this team is already, even without Buchnevich, this team is a better team than they were last season. And I'm going to agree with you on that one because it's going to be a hell of a season. And hopefully we can give uh, Anthony's Islanders a good scare. I can't believe uh, I thought I'd ever I, say I still think the Islanders are going to finish ahead of the Rangers. I think the Hurricanes are going to finish first. In the division, Islanders second, Capitals third, and I think the Rangers will finish ahead of the Penguins. By the way, if you haven't seen it, we had our power rankings done last week. Um, I was actually one of the people that still have the Hurricanes up ahead, although I don't love their goaltending. I had the Rangers um, ahead of the Penguins, Philpin, but I... right, yeah, that's where the, the, the Hurricanes haven't had good goaltending since. Well, I guess the goalie before Cam Ward. Um, uh, they, they, they haven't had good goaltending in the salary cap era. Yes. But their, However, defense, their, their defense makes up for it. You don't need an elite goaltender if your defense takes away high danger scoring chances. Yeah. I mean, Nedeljkovic gave him good goal. I mean, the guy was a finalist for the Calder, so he, their goaltending situation was a lot better in years past last year. Yeah, but but I mean, Steve Mason won a Calder. I mean, the, the Calder for <laughs> once once goalies are if goalies are in the conversation for the Calder, it means that there's not enough good rookies to uh, yeah to be to be in uh, to be in, in consideration. And not not anything against Nedeljkovic, but like I said, the Hurricanes haven't had a good goalie in. At least 15 years. And somehow they still made it to the final four a couple of years ago uh, because their defense is just top notch. They have Jacob Slavin. They have, uh, I almost wanted to say Joe Pesci, Brett Pesci. Oh, by the way, I forgot who they beat to get to the final four. Um, it would have to be, it would have to be a team that got, that swept the first time ever. A team won an overtime game seven and beat a team that swept someone in the first round and then swept that team. So that would be the. Oh yeah, I remember it was a yeah. sweep. Of I, I had to, I had to get a I had to get a jab at Anthony and he realized that too. All right, Steve. So uh, we're gonna just take a couple questions to get out of here. But thank you very much for joining us. Thanks, You're Steve. Welcome. Oh, oh, by the way, what time is it in Ireland? Uh, it's ten twenty-five p.m. Ten twenty-five. That's a true joining us at it's, 1025. It, and, it's still early. Um, I'm, I'm happy I'm only five hours ahead of you guys now because in Vienna I was six, which means I can watch the Ranger games at midnight instead of 1 a.m. By the way, did you ever listen to the Billy Joel song, Vienna? No, I'm, I'm more of a fan of the Ultra song Vox Vienna, uh, Ultra, Ultra Fox song Vienna. 
All right, I'll have to. You, you know, you know Ultra Fox, right? No, no. I'll, I'll send it in our group chat. I'm going to share that song with you. It's. Uh, I'm pretty sure there's people listening here who go, "Oh, yeah, that's a good song." Okay. All right. Great. Look All forward right. to hearing it. All, All right. right. And uh, I, of course, watch Stephen on Warty NHL and the Rangers Review Show. Yeah. Again. Oh, and um, oh. yeah. Uh, quick. Uh, yesterday, I published my Ryder Korzak interview. Nice. Um, is that on the channel or where do we find that? No, no, no. It's, uh, it's, it's, I share it on, on, on Twitter. Um, it's on foreverblueshirts.com. Okay. Uh, part of the prospect interview series and the interview that Capo Caco gave today. If you go to my Twitter page, you can find a transcript. I, everything's translated from Finnish to English. Okay. That's fantastic. We had nothing better to do today. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Again, Stephen, thank you very much. Thanks, Steve. Okay. Right. So can't wait to actually get to see a Ranger game with you. All right. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so by the way, we're going to take some Q and a today. It's going to be a fast show today. Uh, cause a lot of us, we just, um, we got this, this regarding Carolina's D there's these with, with Slavin and Pesci. It's still good, but like, I mean, they lost Dougie Hamilton. They got Anthony D'Angelo. And Brendan Smith, who aren't particularly good defensively, um, you know they lost Jake Bean. He went to Columbus. I, their defense is still good, but it's not as good as it has been in years past. Um, yeah, and you still got Brady Shea on that team. And although I like Brady Shea when he came in, it's just I don't particularly, um, I don't, I don't see the upside in in him anymore. You can't. I, I, what is it? You can't say turnover without Brady Shea. Uh, I, I think that was a That's joke insane. we were saying for a while. And their goaltending's weaker. I mean, I get that their forward group is really good. I mean, Aho, Taravainen, and Niederrader, and Trocek, and Nikash, and Svechnikov. So that that that's going to carry them for sure. Oh, but Freddie Anderson always has pretty good save percentage. And then the question is, is he going to have? Is that going to translate moving to a different team? Yeah, I, I've never been a fan of Freddie Anderson. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, by the way, AZ, I was telling the story about how you were on with um, or that you were having a cigar with Mickey the other day. So that was great. Hmm. All, all of our connections. This is this is how the web just just goes out in, in my life. Anthony, of course, being the Alexander Ovechkin in his league. <laughs> you and your do you have a tinted visor? Um, when I was in my like early twenties, when I was playing roller hockey, I wore one. <laughs> they always, uh, I, I, I forgot, I forget where the video is. It's like, how do you spot the biggest douche on the ice? Yeah, Look for the tinted visor. I had one. Yeah. I was one of those guys. Yeah. Well, uh, Rick, the question is right here. Uh, let me get it over there. There it is. Um, he's kind of done growing. I think he's. Uh, 27 28 in that uh area and he is what he is now so i mean don't get me wrong i'm not comparing brady shea to jack johnson but brady shea as phil said brady shea leveling yes for fast was a clear sign the rangers were not physical enough i mean Shea's, so, he's a great skater he moves the puck well um he can provide some offense but i, I don't think he's a particularly great defensive defenseman and no and his offensive upside isn't 
Isn't that great? Um, I I don't think uh, I don't think he will. I mean, I think he he definitely will want to beat the Rangers for sure. Um, but I, I don't think he's going to do anything too noteworthy in that department. But I'm sure he's going to be extra motivated to stick it to him. That's for sure. And I just had to put, get a quick plug in there. I don't. You know what? I don't know if D'Angelo is going to translate over. I, I still thought, no matter what, D'Angelo was going to get moved this offseason. Uh, not necessarily bought out as uh, as I thought, but it's just I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, can't say Brady Shea without Shady. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, I think Brady Shea's long, uh, legacy is uh, well. First, Brady Shea's legacy, as far as hockey goes, is that uh, Saturday Night Live sketch where Chance the Rapper was on, and he tells the guy to turn around, and he goes, "That's an S, a K, and a J all in a yeah. row." No, I'm not saying. That. <laughs> um, but to D'Angelo, uh, D'Angelo's got to be on his best behavior in a lot of ways. The question is, can is he going to put it together in the defensive zone? Because the Rangers were able to overlook some of his problems. Um, because he was putting up the points, so I don't, I don't think it is. Yeah, there's that one over there really as well. Um, yeah, I think the Kings they have a great future. I mean, Kopitar is still playing at a high level. Um, you know, then you have Byfield, Turcotte, Perry. Um, you know, Adrian Kempe has been a good player for him. Um, you know, Drew Doughty, he is what he is. I mean, he's still he's still a good defenseman. Uh, Cal Peterson in goal. I mean, I don't know if he's a long-term answer, but he's decent enough. Um, you know, Quentin Byfield, and you added Deneau. You know, you had Victor Arvidsson. So, yeah, I think the Kings will definitely be better this year and going in the future. And the Ottawa, Ottawa as well. Mark, I know you, you got on Ottawa for, you know, ending the rebuild, but they got a lot of good pieces. Stutzla and uh, Pinto and Batherson and Josh Norris. And you haven't um, even said Thomas Shabbat yet. Yeah. So, however, yeah. all that all that being said, Anthony, I do not love Matt Murray as my starting goaltender. Yeah, I mean, if 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 the guy can get some sort of semblance back of when he was on Pittsburgh, that would help. But, um, I, I agree with you there. And it's just it's the other thing about Matt Murray is he's just he just doesn't go through a season healthy. And yeah. he was he was okay. I mean, I'm gonna look at his numbers right now. So uh pulling him up. But that's just where I wonder about that. I wonder if they got the coaching. I wonder if you could say old like I was ready to say the Rangers rebuild was over, but you know what? I don't have the evidence for that. Yeah. I was gonna say that last year. And and no, it, it no, it wasn't. And uh here he here was last season. Uh 27, uh, 27 games played, 10, 13, and 1. That's not a goalie screaming, ready to go back to his uh, 2019. This is 2019. This is his fourth year in Pittsburgh. Uh, 50 games played, 29, 14, and 6. And his, and his save percentage in the last two years has been under uh, 0.90. So, no, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not thinking he's 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 the the answer in net. And uh, if 
I had to check cap friendly because Ottawa dis, uh, discloses <laughs> their terms. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're, he's, he's signed for a pretty hefty yeah. penny. So, so this one before when we were talking about, uh, sorry, this one, when we were talking about Kaprizov, where would we want Kirill to go? Well, we'd want him on the New York Rangers. We want him on the New York Rangers. So, yeah. <laughs> but uh, realistically, if you want, See, by the way, I, I like the way Cooley's looking. Uh, we're gonna, we're gonna get back to him in a minute, but um, uh, I mean, I, I, go ahead. Where would you want him to go? Well, my team. But aside, um, for the I guess for the good of the league is the question. Uh, I mean, I I think he'd be great in Vegas. I mean, he's got that type of personality. I mean, Wild Bill and in Vegas and the style they play. Um, I mean that would I think that would be a great fit, right? Kaprizov in Vegas. I mean that would be awesome. Yeah, actually that would be awesome, but that might be too awesome. Um, <laughs> um, I I would love I would love to see the Coyotes end up building up their team, and I think they're going to do it right next starting the end of next season. The Coyotes are going to start building that franchise right. Well, I can tell you, um, what, you got traded to the Arizona Coyotes. The guy would just pack his bag and go back to. KHL instantly, so I don't know. <laughs> might might even like you know hang himself if that's the case. Be like, no, I'm just not going there. Elias, um, Elias Lindholm from Calgary. Elias Lindholm would be a great target for them. Uh, I but I just don't know if Calgary thinks they might be in it or not in it. One thing, um, uh, trying to remember the player that they were talking to on NHL Network. He was talking about Daryl Sutter. Daryl Sutter is communicating roles a lot better this year. That's what he's yeah. saying right away. Yeah, so, I, I don't, especially with maybe Goudreau being unrestricted free agent um, and Monahan's name being out there. I don't think it'd be prudent for them to move Elias Lindholm. Oh, uh, Rich, I saw your previous comment and the answer any every time in uh, Minnesota comes up. I always say Minnesota. So, yeah, I do a bad accent from Minnesota as well. And there was this one. um, I'll touch on this right here. Kings won the draft lottery. Um, Yeah, if you're a Kings fan, add Shane Wright to that group. But um, I think Buffalo and Arizona really deserve Shane Wright most out of all the teams. That would be crazy. Um, And the Kings have been doing a great job restocking their farm system. Um, I, I, I don't, I'm trying to think of which team I'd love to see win the lottery, uh, just in general. I don't want the Sabres to win the lottery because I think they're botching what they're doing right now. I think Arizona, um, Arizona would be cool. Detroit, when they got screwed to that first overall, they really needed it more than anything. And they fell to like what fifth or sixth and they were miserable. That was, they, they would deserve to get Shane right. Um, but Arizona probably needs them the most. Um, yeah. All right. Tomas, you were saying this, the, uh, cap situation, nah, rats just lost you, got you back. Um, the cap situation, I think right now they're in good shape. Uh, but it's always like one of those things that's evolving. Adam Fox is going to get re-signed. That's where yes. it could get re-Harry yeah, and he gets advantage at. But as, uh, yeah, one of the guys just said it right here, Johnny Red. Uh, not giving Mika a seven or eight year deal, or I, do you do you think they should give Mika's manager an eight year deal? 
Well, the thing, if they don't if they don't acquire another center like Jack Eichel, you can't let Zibanejad go. You can't haggle with him over term and lose him in free agency. So yeah, I mean, I get I get I get the hesitation, um, but. Yeah, I don't mind giving him a seven, eight year deal. My thing is, I'm not giving him ten million dollars per year. That's that's the thing with Zibanejad. But as far uh, another way to answer this question though is try to convince Kreider to or Truba to waive their no trade clauses. But I don't see it happening. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. In 2024 is when their trade clauses become modified. That's when you're going to see some movement or something like that. Or, you know what? We already used this joke once today. We're going to use it again. Or just put a horse's head in their bed. So, <laughs> Well, Mark, what about this one as a Ranger fan? How would you feel about Dylan Larkin? I would love Dylan Larkin, but I don't see Steve Eiserman moving him. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't see it either. Um, you need to give him quite a bit of pieces there. Uh, I'm sure he would want... Um, I mean, they have Zadina, they have Valeno, um, and Rasmussen, Verona. They may, they might want a defensive. So you might have to part with Nils Lundqvist in a trade for Dylan Larkin. I mean, I don't think the Rangers would want to give it, but that's what Detroit would probably ask for. There's a lot of those things. Um, and, yeah, Stevie Y would be interested in a, a D-man like Robertson. Matthew Robertson, I think, is going to be a very good defenseman in the NHL level. Um, how good is going to be a question? Um, it's, I always make this, I always bring up this guy. It's like, you don't want to just trade away a guy that you think, oh, all right, we really don't need him. Like Kim Janssen. And then he ends up being the best player in the trade. Yeah. So yeah, don't want that. But, um, that's for this guy that said, no, referring to shaky. That's pretty funny. <laughs> what about Bobby Corwin? <laughs> that's uh, look small world, Mark. Yeah, I know. Well, I'm going to be playing with Bobby tonight, so there you go. Yeah, they. <laughs> uh, we got a game. We got a game in Beth Page at like, I think it's three ten, not three ten, eleven ten. Yeah. You know, and my local bar closes at midnight, so I have to go to probably Beth Page to go have a drink after the game. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, First world problems, guys. First world yeah. world problems. Um. Oh, nice. Bobby Corwin is awesome. Yeah, yeah, he is. I love Bob. Yeah. Been playing with him for about three or four years. Went home and, and uh, hurdle with caution. Uh, I would love it if the Rangers could get Bo Horvath. I don't see that happening where Vancouver is going to move their center. Yeah. Sorry, their captain, I mean. Um, maybe if they're at the bottom of the barrel, that's about it. But yeah, and we're going to have to trade some event eventually got to identify the right talent to trade eventually. So that with, does go in there. I think with hurdle being that hurdle could be a unrestricted free agent in the summer. Um, teams are going to be cautious about trading for him unless he comes with an extension. Yeah. I just wonder if it's going to, I wonder if that's going to happen before the, the season begins. It doesn't seem that way. No, I, I, I think it's calmed down a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but they still have to deal with the Evander Kane situation. How is yep. how is Evander Kane going to play out? I um, 
I got a lot of questions on that one. That's that's we, just the, the best way to say it. I have a lot of questions. Yeah. Well, there's yeah. really been no since the, that new story broke. There really hasn't been any updates or news to it. Yeah. Um, his wife's reports were verified, or well, it's going to be hard to to verify all of them. But it's also you don't when it comes to stuff like this, you don't even want smoke. Never mind fire. It's yeah, just you don't want anything like that that could ever. Um, oh no, he's definitely not staying. They're going to move him at some point. Uh, yeah, if he's not signed to an extension by the trade deadline, they got to trade him. I think he's. I think Hurdle's gone. Yeah, no matter what, we'll say the trade deadline. I don't think he's signing extension anyway. San Jose is. They're they're dropping like the Yankees in the standings. Sorry guys, it's it's what's happening right now. Which by the way, it's nice of the New York baseball teams to compete uh, to uh, help us. Hopefully, if there's no playoff baseball, we will do a bar meetup as early as uh, the Rangers home opener. So that would be one of those. Uh, I'm looking forward to doing those with you guys soon. So. Yeah, Boston, Montreal came calling. Well, Boston is starting to get a little bit desperate for. How yeah. do you see the, the Bruins dropping off a lot, Anthony? I do. I, I, because I, I don't know. I just don't. You, Rask is hurt right now. Um, and then when he's healthy, he said that he's probably going to sign with Boston, but he's not there right now. You have Linus Olmark and Swayman in goal. Um, and then, I mean, Eric Halla, you know, Halla, Nick. Nick Foligno <laughs> added, they added, they kept Taylor Hall, but, you know, in the playoffs, Hall was a ghost against the Islanders, at least. Um, so, I don't know about Boston. I really, I really don't. I'm really not, I'm really not sure about them, Mark. Um, that, and that's that, one of the reasons why you guys were uh, a little bit bullish. Maybe I, I, I didn't publish it last week in an extended segment, but I had the, uh, <laughs> um the uh i had the toronto maple Leafs missing the playoffs that i admitted yesterday so uh yeah. i'm starting to rethink that one myself because i'm yeah, starting to wonder about boston they they just got so much um firepower between marner and tavares matthews nylander um i think that that those four alone will prevent them from being bad enough to miss the playoffs but come playoff time i think it's more of the same I think it's more of the same. I mean, I, I don't, I don't see them. They didn't change the makeup of their defense. What they added, what they they added Zach Bogosian. I mean, yeah, that's really it. Like, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a fan of them. I'm really all right. Not, I'm not a fan of. Well, them that, I, that's why if we actually did power rankings, we probably have the Florida Panthers at least number two in that division right now. Yeah, I, I do like Florida. I like them. I, I Lundell's coming up. Um, you know, they kept their team from last season pretty much intact. I like they added Sam Reinhart. I, I like Florida. I like Florida a lot. Do you really think? I know what everybody's billing this as. As we're going to highlight this one, everybody's billing opening night for the Rangers fight night. I don't think they. I don't think it needs to be fight night. Maybe it's Reeves making his statement, but that's about it. Yeah, I mean, it's opening night. I don't think you want to get into too much shenanigans. Um, you know, we don't want to get sidetracked. I think it's going to be a good game, high intensity, just because it's opening night alone. But 
I don't know if we'll necessarily be fighting. I mean, don't get me wrong. Reeves is definitely going to come knocking on the door on Tom yeah. Wilson. Yeah. And, but what I do think is, I think it's going to really let people know. Uh, I agree with, uh, with uh, AZ on this one, is that messages will be sent. It's going to be sent by Sammy Blay and Barkley Goudreau. They're going to run a couple guys, and they're going to let people know, you're not just going to run over us. That's what they're going to say. Um, the Because, uh, uh, again, you get teams that play physical like that, like your beloved New York Islanders. Damn them. And it's <laughs> sort of like that's what the Rangers need to let people know. I know Keith said they weren't an, an impression of a pushover, but they kind of were. Um, yeah, I, I mean, really see them no stand one, up when they got punched in the mouth. Yeah, there's no one really on that team where you looked at the roster and be like, oh, well, you know, he's going to be physically imposing. Oh, what I know that's what you meant. That's why I said that. So, um, because can't wait, can't wait, can't wait for that. So, uh, said here, yeah, by the way, uh, Anthony, did you actually were you familiar with Norm McDonald? Yeah, yeah, good turd Ferguson, man, celebrity Jeopardy. He was great, he <laughs> was great. Did it? He was, um, he was one of the best guys at dry humor. Yeah, he was uh, very dry, completely His delivery. Yeah. He was, yeah. And, you know, he, he kept his cancer battle private. It was, they said it was nine to 10 years. Yeah. And yes, I, I did see that and I was a little confused only because I, I didn't know, you know, what I'm like, what the hell, Bob? Why is there? <laughs> I was thrown <laughs> off by that. Yeah, I, I saw it. Yeah. And this one? I think, yeah, uh, but uh, the Islanders I always just... prefer this. Yeah, the Islanders will take as many one nothing two one games as possible. What the Rangers need to do is throw that back at them, because the, that's the way it used to be at the beginning of the decade. Tortorella was a guy that loved two to one one nothing games. He didn't he didn't um, need that needed to always be um, all that. By the way, Joe, I, I you put this one up. I have to highlight this one because anytime I ever see the words Mark is right. It just warms my heart. Uh, but, yeah, it might not be fight night, but it'll definitely be sending a message. Opening night. And it'll everyone's be a very heavy game. Everyone's going to be jacked up opening night. There's going to be there's gonna be a lot of hitting. The crowd's going to be revved up. It's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's opening night be- on top of everything else. Yeah. Physical. Physical is all hell, but not fight night. Norm was I, – I also think, by the way, Norm was great. Uh, so many of his OJ jokes – and the producer was <laughs> yeah. friends with O.J. Simpson. Yeah. So that's what ended up kind of getting him, uh, I think, not necessarily – he wasn't necessarily fired. But one of my favorite sketches with him was when he was Walter Con- Cronkite. Yeah. And he's <laughs> signing off for the last time. And he says, well, uh, goodbye to everyone. <laughs> uh, what I remember most about everything, it could be the news – but it was definitely the sex <laughs> traveling around. The country. <laughs> I, yeah. I got I got to look it up on YouTube. See if it's around. It's always it's always there. But yeah, Turd Ferguson always a good one. Um, yeah. The Celebrity Jeopardy. Anytime you did that, yeah. Uh, Dirty Work actually was a funny movie. He was great with all the supporting stuff and like in uh Billy Madison. Billy Madison. Yeah, uh, Billy Madison. 
Um, oh, I could probably take that off eventually. Uh, the uh, I have been not on top of the banners today. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. This is what's good about having Anthony and me now for uh, uh, doing all the or Anthony and Filk. Oh, everybody can do the banners. Whenever I screw it up, you can actually just fix that. Um, I'm excited for the first uh, the first game um, from Belmont between the Islanders and the Rangers. Yeah, that's going to be Thanksgiving Eve. Yeah. Thank you very much, NHL, for putting it on the busiest bar night of the year. That's going to be great. Yeah. Because unless... Unless uh, one of us can get off from our jobs, which I can't, uh, this that's not going to happen. I hate the view. I'm glad I, I can't stand that show. I don't even know how, yeah. they, how those even, but I'm not going to say it because then it gets into politics. Yeah, then we're going to get into politics, and then the yeah. yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not big on <laughs> on a lot of talk shows. I'm just not big on anymore. Um, yeah. but. So we are seven days away from the NHL players opening up and uh, training camps. And like I said, we're going, is anybody else, by the way, in the chat going to be at the first preseason game? Put in the comments. Yeah. What's the plan for that? Uh, I definitely think we're going to get together. We're going to do some, uh, uh, definitely some like uh, videos we're going to do just, talking about things over a couple beers so uh hopefully you know hopefully people actually notice us and you know say hello give you the finger like on the train Um, we're gonna get on our phones and and broadcast is that what you mean no we get it we could we could always stop at stout stop at croakers stop stop other places yeah all right yeah yes rich you're 100 right amateur nights and uh, this oh oh St. Patrick's Day, there's always a fight or two for no reason. Um, New Year's Eve is is just is awful. We close at two o'clock. We're a bar that closes at four. New Year's Eve, we close at two o'clock. Thanksgiving Eve, just every year, yikes. <laughs> I did not miss it last year whatsoever. I think that's an indication that I'm getting older. Um, you know, there's gonna be more road trips for me in the future, Gene, but uh it's it's not gonna be yet. But uh so it'll be nice not to see uh Brett Howden, by the way. <laughs> I'm so tired of Brett Howden. I would love that you know what we were talking about Morgan Barron before. I'd love to see Morgan Barron uh make this team. I actually think he's got a good attitude and a good head on his shoulders. So let's see if that happens. All right. Um, we are at 551 right now. We'll go for nine more minutes. Oh, hey, John. How's it going, John? Yeah. Oh, by the way, I love the belt. Yeah. I just want to get one for my for the golf trips I go on. Yeah. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, all of them can can kick rocks. <laughs> Yeah, I would. I would love it if Will Coley makes this team. I'm having trouble figuring out where that would be. If he's a winger, uh, it's maybe fourth line, but I, I, I don't, I don't know. 
Um, yeah, Cooley's another year away, I would say. <laughs> Dick goes in. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> what what are your um, what are your thoughts on the New Jersey Devils, Mark? I think I think the Devils have improved. Um, I like their center depth. The question is, can Nico Heischer stay healthy, for one? Um, can Jack Hughes finally make another jump? Um, there's a lot of questions I have with them. I'm not a, I'm not a big believer, Dougie Hamilton, is this Norris Trophy quality defenseman. Um, on the Devils, anyway, yeah. especially. Um, he's a very, very good defenseman. Don't get me wrong. It's just there's there seems to be some there's just something missing with that. And I always kind of say this when it comes to uh, Hamilton. He's on his fourth organization. He's been in the league since 2013. Yeah. That's 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 sort of a, a, a telltale sign. Uh, now it could have been contracts. Could be attitude. I don't know. Um, I'm not in the locker room, so I can't speculate. You think Jimmy VC makes a team where they just signed the PTO? Uh, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. The thoughts on the Devils? Funny. I don't. I don't. I don't hate the Devils. Like I don't. Don't me wrong. I don't like the Devils, but they don't. Maybe because they're bad lately, and the Islanders haven't had many like intense rivalries with them. Over the years, but I don't. I don't hate the Devils. They're... Here's here's my take on the Devils. But this is my X factor, Mackenzie Blackwood. Yeah, I think Mackenzie Blackwood's a very good goalie. Yeah, and it's do they have the defense to put in front of him that he's not outworking everybody right. every night? So yeah. yeah. Um, you know who I hate Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> <laughs> They stole the cup from us. No, they didn't. Fiercely. <laughs> and, and trust me, Montreal would have put up a hell of a harder fight. Am I the only one that sees similarities between Kakaniemi and Hedl? By the um, way, yeah, I found it easier to say Kokaniemi. Somebody keeps pronouncing it like that on NHL Network. So, yeah, I agree. The blue line's not there for the Devils yet. Ty Smith is still yeah. developing. He was good though. He was really I thought he was really good for them in his rookie year. I mean I, I thought you know he wasn't a caller finalist, but I put him up there in the top five rookies last year easily. Uh so Filipito, what do you think? I like him. I think he needs to take the next step. Um, you know, he's on the clock there. Um Kaki Niemi, I mean twenty one. Um yeah, I, I, I do see some similarities in their style of play. But I, I think Kakinami has the higher ceiling, though. Dave, actually, to answer this question, uh, hold on. Wait, first, Joe has this one. Hamilton was moved for organizations that had good teams. When they moved them, they weren't teams falling. Yeah, okay, that's exactly it. You're talking about a guy who was moved on organizations yeah. that were good. But here's the one for you. Have the Islanders and Devils ever played each other in playoffs? Yes. yes. That was part of the old segment, Mark's Weekly Trivia. Um, we'll probably get some of those back occasionally, but, um, that was eight, 1988. They beat the uh, Islanders was, in six. Yeah. I was going to say 89. I didn't realize it was 88, okay, but I knew they definitely played. 
Yeah, it was Poppins last year. Yeah. And the guy with the most amount of points in that series, John McLean. So uh, I remember that being on on one of mine. Heedle's got this. Heedle's uh, uh, sort of like that player that is almost like a video game. You just got to unlock his skill and unlock everything. I just don't know if that's ever going to happen. That's what I just wonder about with that. Tomas yeah. Hurdle at the deadline. We'll see about that because I think there's going to be a lot of teams knocking for Tomas Hurdle at the deadline. This one, this one, I really, I really agree with. Um, I mean, just, just look at the Islanders. You have you have Pajot, who can exactly offensively, and he's great defensively. Then then you have Sezikis, who's just a solid, solid center. Um, you know, and even even Brock Nelson's defensive game has developed so much on the trots and. You, yeah, so this AZ is bought on. You you need you need centers like that to to go deep, for sure. And unfortunately, I mean Ryan Strom is not really particularly great in his own zone. Um, Takes too many penalties. He's yeah, gone down on him last year. Yeah, and, he, and even even Zabenejad. Zabenejad's not. He's not like he's not terrible in his own zone by any stretch of the imagination. But I, I wouldn't call him a. a I don't know how to put it. I wouldn't call him a two-way center at all. I mean. No, but I mean, I thought he would get more Selkie consideration two years ago. Uh, not la- not the last season. Um, But yeah, no, guys, 100%. They need a face-off guy. They need a guy that's going to win face-offs. Again, one reason why Anthony's team is so successful is because they win face-offs. They win the center battle. And they're tough to play in their own end. It doesn't matter if the Islanders can't score a goal, which hopefully will happen yet again. Uh, if the Islanders can be shut out for 82 games, I or 84 games, shut them out for two extra games. That's how bad that they're shut out. I don't care. So, oh wait, I'm not supposed. I'm not supposed to say that if I'm not wearing my fandom on my sleeve. That, that's a misconception about them, though. The Islanders can score goals. I know. They, in the playoffs, they're one of the highest scoring teams. 83 and 83 in two years. 1983. Last cup you'll ever see. You know what? That reminds me of this. I, I only saw it because I guess John liked it or follow or follows the guy, but there's some Ranger fan on Twitter. I, I can't think of the, the Twitter name now. But the whole the literally the whole point of his account is every day he tweets the Islanders haven't won the cup in whatever amount of days it was and, <laughs> and like you are like a pathetic like just 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 go find a purpose in life if you have a twitter account just to tweet it's been x amount of days every single day since the islanders won a cup you are a complete just loser <laughs> it's, it's just i'm just and i'd say this i'd say the same way if it was an islander fan that did something similar that's just and there's people like that on both sides of the aisle but I know, is, but but also, it is is it just being obnoxious or being ball busting? That's where the great question on that one is. But even still, though, even if it is, I mean, it's it's, I don't know, I don't think it's it's not really particularly funny. Um, I mean, I love it how um, yeah, you sympathetic, I would call it hilarious. Uh, but the uh, it's sort of like how the jokes kind of change. Like I, it was the you guys haven't won uh, a single cup. Like now that there's so much math that's got to be in there. 
Well, the Rangers got one cup in 73 years. Oh, shut the hell up. Or one cup since the invention of the atomic bomb. How does it? Yeah. It, it could be an inside joke. But by the way, uh, so Philip Deneau was the guy I, I was targeting to say that could be the Rangers, J.G. Pajot. And then they they lost. They didn't want to overbid for him with with uh, L.A. So L.A., jeez. L.A. is yeah. I like. I happen to like Philip Deneau. Oh, I like him. I just I wouldn't have gone that that heavy on him. By the way, guys, uh, we also I forgot to put this up again. Too busy talking hockey to be pitching stuff. Check out Hatrick Apparel. We got the link down below. Hatrick with the uh, asterisk, uh, the um, hyphen in it. I got to get that Mika Savanage ad. Uh, the uh, one that's right there because that's the one that's the one you need nice look <laughs> nice looking Mika so guys we're going to sign off right now um, yeah. again thank you very much everybody for joining us uh, obviously this will be nine hours when Phil comes back in <laughs> we were we were a little bit too concise with our points and quick so like we're we were done well. we were done with our rundown by by uh, 50 minutes yeah just uh, one i just saw not now that's not really noteworthy but um the duck signed uh tobias Ryder to a pto i like tobias Ryder. or sorry reader i mean yeah he played um, buffalo last season he had five goals for buffalo he's like a he's a penalty kill expert that's his expert you know specialist i should say he's yeah fast and he scores he scores shorthanded goals yeah, I was gonna say poor man's Michael Gravler, but that's not right. That's Matt Nieto anyway. Um, but see, I would I would love it if that would be the case. That Rangers are doing, and the Kings are going on. Yeah, guys, always a great time. Dave, by the way, uh, it, it was it's great to be a baseball time during that era. Um, also it it's. I just kind of wish baseball would come back to its senses and not destroy their own game. So <laughs> Everest, I haven't heard from you in a while. They will always be fish sticks. Anthony. Okay. So wait, Anthony, I do get to say this before we sign off. Um, one thing that drove me crazy and it drove me crazy. Just being a um, New York boy, a long Island boy. I grew up, Islanders fans and everybody. So they did the fish stick jersey, the fisherman, yeah. and they had the lighthouse on the shoulder. If they went with the lighthouse, it would have been such a better logo. Yeah. Why and you didn't know, they go with the lighthouse? And you know what's funny? There's so much nostalgia now over where like the Islanders sell like fisherman related product. And I know the fans were clamoring that the reverse retro jersey should have been a you know a, a play on the fisherman jersey. It's like so. It was hated back then, but now there's a lot of Islander fans that like want it back in some capacity. So I guess I guess it's like everything else, you know, things become cool after a while. I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, really, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. Yeah. I mean, I remember being in high school. I was always embarrassed by it. By the way, uh, let me throw this one at you before again. We're. we're 
we're gonna we are gonna get out of here um because i'm gonna nap before my game yeah <laughs> so stevie uh he's saying larkin could be a great two-way center that the rangers need uh stevie y and the rangers like to make deals with each other but i gotta agree with johnny red stevie y always robs us do you always just get the impression steve uh steve eiserman just robs everybody in trades he always gets the better end of it you know who he didn't rob who he didn't rob Big Lou when he sent Nick Letty there earlier this offseason. Oh, there was a pick in there. Just remember. What? No. There was a pick in there, right? No, the Islanders got the second round pick. There was no oh. pick, Detroit. Oh, okay. By the way, who's replacing Nick Letty? <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> We're gonna wait on news Robin. But yeah, I agree with I agree with that though. Uh but yeah, it's so again, I always looked at the Islanders uh that that jersey and just went, oh no. <laughs> See, yeah. It, yeah. That was during the era of like those the waves jersey on there. Yeah. And it's like I know what they were trying to do. It's just it's like, guys, the lighthouse, Long Island. You wanted to make yourself more Long Island. That's that's how it is. But Keith Keith Jones wouldn't have said this to Milbury. <laughs> 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 or I mean, I, I brought up all the guys Milbury traded one time. Oops, sorry. Uh, I I uh, uh, to a friend of mine, huge Islander yeah. season ticket holder, and he's and just rattling off all the guys the Islanders acquired or they traded away. Uh, uh, Berard, um, uh, Brian Berard, Brian McCabe, uh, Todd Bertuzzi. Uh, Travis Green, Robert Reichel, um, uh, JP Dumont, uh, Zidane Chara. You could make an all-star team yeah. out of the guys that they traded away. Roberto freaking Luongo. Yeah, the main the main two that really that really hurt them was was shot was the obviously the the trade with Luongo um, and the trade with with Chara um, for sure. For sure. and this is. I mean, this is absolutely, that's absolutely right. I mean, there's not, you're not going to find a better, a better tandem GM coach in Lou and Barry. I'm hoping that'll change this year, but no, that you won't. No, it's, it's, and it's thanks to ownership. That's what happens when you, when you got the right ownership, you make the right decisions and put the right people in place. Yeah. But I mean, it's it's when you get two guys that see eye to eye and work together. That's all. That's that's all it is. And that's how you get and, respect. Yeah, respect respect right. back. Kind of like when uh, I mean Lou's gone through a litany of coaches. I thought Jacques Lemaire <laughs> was probably his perfect coach. Yeah, I've often said that there's there was more job security in being a wife of Henry the Eighth than there was um a coach for Lou Lamarillo. He's yeah. fired two coaches and replaced them with himself and a third time and a third time he had co-head coaches and he was on the bench. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, the thing, the thing about, about Lou is that he's very, um, he's very meticulous. And I think that that goes into his, his no facial hair rule. You know, he wants everyone to be cleanly shaven. And I mean, some of it, yeah, see, I think he'd be okay with you. I don't. I don't think. I don't think he'd have a have a problem. Um, yeah. Well, I did shave 
like two hours ago, so it better yeah. have worked. Uh, Charles Wong is passed away about like ten years ago, right? He, he did, yeah, but I don't think it's been ten years already. I you know. I, I, I can't remember. I can't him, but, but he, he's yeah, probably maybe five. I don't okay. Know, time by so much these days. I honestly, I don't, I don't know, but. Yeah, rest rest in peace, Charles Wong. I know he was. Yeah, rest. Yeah, he was unorthodox in some of his decisions, but the fact is, um, if it weren't for his efforts, who knows if the Islanders still would have would have been here? Because, I mean, he he really he really tried to get to get everything done. I got to tell you, you know who was one of the people you should thank for that is uh, John Spano, because John Spano renegotiated the TV deals. Is so. Yeah. Wait, what about John Spano? John Spano renegotiated the TV deals, if I recall correctly. Oh, yeah, for M- yeah, MSG. For MSG, yeah. yeah. So, but, but Charles Wong, like after he, after Long Island basically told him to kick rocks, I mean, he could have, he could have phoned it in, but, you know, he, he struck the deal with uh, Barclays to, you know, ultimately buy them more time. And, you know, when the Islanders and new owners came in, they, you know, they punched the, you know, the ball into the end zone finally get the new arena but um he he deserves like i said he, he deserves a lot of, a lot of Con, thank you 2018 yes thank you so yeah i knew i yeah i mean when you said 10 i'm like there's no way and then i said was, 10 was way too long way too long it was still being voted on yeah. the white house i was like i don't even know about i don't even know about five and this yeah is true. He, he tried to yeah it's, but they would have been apartment buildings and stuff like that. That's why. Yeah. The whole light, I mean, the whole lighthouse project seemed like it would have been, it would have been phenomenal. But great. Yeah. You wanted to build a monorail to, I think it was the Hempstead train station. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, well, I was protective about its suburbs. So what are you going to do? But you now can't... we got UBS Arena opening up. So yeah. I, can't I, I can't wait that. for that. We're going to arrange a, 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 um, uh, a day for the th- the three of us to go to the new arena, if not four. Uh, grab all things Islanders, my friend John. Uh, and it's it, it we're we're in for a great season, guys. I can't wait for this, and it's just it, it's going to be so fun. It's around the corner. Yeah, I mean, isn't the first preseason the first preseason game? I think is in like less than ten days, I believe. Uh, yes, because it's the 15th. Yeah, first preseason game is the 26th, right? Well, for the Rangers and Islanders, but I, I think there's a preseason game with other teams before then. All right, well, there you go. Because like I said, guys, we are going to be at that preseason game. Uh, we're going to have a good time. That's the way <laughs> I'm going to put it. I will apologize to Anthony's lovely wife already for any condition I might get him back in. But, you know, and yes. DPHR's bank account, very, very That four and a half million, though, if he would have kept playing, would have ended up being nothing. So, I, it's, I mean, it's a lot of money that he got, but in the grand scheme of things, nowadays, that's not really that's not really much. But that was like in those days that they're like, oh, we'll just sign him to a 20-year deal and that'll be a bargain. No, that's not. These, well, uh, like the NBA tried doing that for a while. Yeah. Like it was... Like well, 13 years and 84 million. Larry I Johnson, think, that's the one I'm thinking of. 
people laughed after that DiPietro contract, but it set a precedent. I mean, you saw so many guys sign long deals like that. Mike Mike Richards signed, I think, like a 13-year deal. Um, Jeff Carter had a really long deal. Kovalchuk signed a 17-year deal. Roberto like, Luongo, a 10-year deal. Yeah, yeah it, it became it became a, almost like a norm for some players. So, Right, uh, and it, it became salary cap circumvention. So it's a good thing that they got rid of that. But yeah, um, the term to eight years max. Yeah, something take too long. Right, and uh, the other thing also on top of that is you know what, Rick DiPietro even kind of looks back and goes, "Yeah, uh, he's 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 done that. He's been self-referential a lot, and you you appreciate that with your athletes. Nobody more than Mike Tyson." I mean, Mike Tyson will constantly go. I have no idea what the hell I was even thinking about back then. Maybe, maybe Rick shouldn't have. Um, Rick shouldn't have messed with the uh, performance-enhancing drugs, and his body wouldn't have broke down. I might have to bleep that out later. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So all right, well, yeah. Hey, it's just saying. I, I, yeah, I, the guy was pretty. Have you? Did you ever meet him or see him in person? I never got to meet him in person. He was, he was a big, he was a big man, like That's upper body. I heard. He was a, he was a big boy. That's what I heard. All right, but guys, yes, we are gonna wrap this one up. Now, see, this is what happens. We, we we think it's slowing down, and then we pick up, and there's another I, five ten minutes in there. I, so, <laughs> once I think I'm out, they pull me back in. Then I'm going to go in my locker room tonight, and I'm going to get guys going. Uh, not even, yeah. How like big? how big? How big were you talking? I mean, I don't know. How, he was a very musk. I mean, he was. I don't know how to answer that. He was. A, he was. A, he was jacked. He was jacked up. You guys yeah. don't want me to cook dinner. No, we're going to get you off the hook right now. All right, guys, again, thank you very much for watching. Uh, the Keith Jones interview will be going up in about uh, 15, 20 minutes. And as usual, it's always great to see you guys. And uh, we're going to have uh, John back with us next week. We're going to do our show probably on a Tuesday to make sure we get John in there. Oh, that's right, because so, he can't do – Because he uh, he's doing uh, the AEW again next week. So, yeah. I, I just has unlimited funds for wrestling, huh? <laughs> Well, I would say most of the guys in our chat would agree with you. Unlimited funds for wrestling. Nothing else matters. So, <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you all very much. It's it's always a great time, and this is the reason why we do this. So, uh, I'd love to know who Anthony's going to get for next week. Maybe I'll so. get. Maybe I'll get the guy who lives who leaves horse heads. <laughs> yeah, imagine? I can't. I can't. Can't wait to ask Lou questions. So, you, Lou, what can you? Nope, no comment. <laughs> All right. Could you imagine having that guy on here? I would love. I would love to have him on here. I think. I think he would. I think he would laugh. He would laugh at us. Well, not laugh at us. You know, laugh at us trying to get information out of him. Well, I know. I know how you want to go, but the, I. I. I told you the the Lou, the Lou story at the Dallas draft, right? Yeah. Go ahead, tell him you were in a scrum. So, what say? What'd you say? You were in a scrum with him, right? Yeah. So for I, me and John had our show uh, off the post on this radio network at the time, um, and you know we had just like here we had 
the only difference is we were in the actual studio and we had many guests on and um, we got credentialed to go down to uh, Dallas to cover the uh, NHL draft. And, you know, we kind of were up in the stands doing our thing, walking around the concourse, looking for people to like interview. And um, at the end of the draft, uh, you know, Big Lou came over to like the, uh, the security gate, you know, kind of where everybody on the outside is on the draft floor. And uh, Arthur Staple and Andrew Gross and a lot of the Islander beat writers, um, you know, were there interviewing him. And uh, a guy that ran our show, Mark, he's like, uh, Errol was like, go, go down there, try to get involved. So I went down there on my, I went down on my phone. I was like behind a couple of people. Um, and I actually got my, my chance to uh, uh, ask him a question. And when he actually looked my way, like for my turn to answer it for a minute, like I froze. I'm like, Ooh, Lamorella was waiting for my question. And I don't even remember what I, I, I think, I think I asked him, do you, do you envision yourself being active leading up to um, leading up to free agency? Cause I didn't want to ask him about Tavares at the time. Cause that was all the rage. And I just didn't want to ask that question. If you know, you piss him off and I'd end up in the, you know, Hudson river when I got back home in a sack. So, um, <laughs> I asked him, I believe I asked him that question. And to be honest with you, I literally can't even remember what he said to me. Cause like, I was just like shaking my head, like as he was talking, just like sinking all in, like I was there and asking him a question and it was, it was, uh, <laughs> it was pretty cool. Um, I still, I have the video on my phone, but you hear sound of people next to him being interviewed. So you couldn't really like hear what he was saying and stuff, but it was, uh, it was pretty cool. So that's my uh, that's my big Lou story, and um, I I would love to have him on here, Mark. But I, if I emailed the Islanders PR guy Kimber next, he would I'm sure almost ninety nine point nine percent chance he would say no. I mean, just think just think about this. Lou hasn't you know how Mark after like free agency's over, trade deadlines over, you know for the summer usually like the general manager will speak. On like on the moves he made, mm-hmm. like you know, on the beginning of the off season, Lou still hasn't spoke to anybody. He has not done one single interview since since exit day, like after they got after they got eliminated. So you're telling me, not doing any media hits that he would come on our show as his first one? I think there's I think there's a better chance that Filk is in the main event tonight at AEW than than that happening. But <laughs> I mean, and uh. And uh, David Wellworth, yes, he was doing an interview for uh, Stan Fischler. He was asking if Stan Fischler is still alive. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he did. He's 89 years old, and he actually looks pretty good for 89. I'll, I'll tell you that. God, I hope I make it that long. So this, this is that's a great story. This is pretty funny. Loose my buddy. That's ridiculous. Yeah. That's that's pretty funny. Lou still sent him a six. See now, how does Lou have the authority? It's the owner, like, but Lou Lou just Lou just handles the finances too. Uh, I I think so. No, Lou, Lou can do basically whatever he wants. So, is you think, uh, you think there's enough material material on Lou that you could do a show alone just on Lou? Yeah, I could probably do an entire documentary on him, starting back from when he was in Providence College with uh with Chris Terreri. And then a few yeah. years later, he got to pick Chris Terreri. 
So there you go. He's close with uh, George Steinbrenner. Yes, that's that's that, another reason why he likes the um, that's the uh, the clean cut look. Yeah, which I mean, that's good. And this right here is why we have the horsehead joke. Lou, you're right. Lou is like a, Lou is like a mob boss. <laughs> I got this photo, of course, for him. Yes. So, Corleone. Uh, but yeah, I can't wait, guys, until we're talking about actual hockey. This stuff has grown um, so much with just us uh, BSing about Jack Eichel and everything like that. Eichel, who we've barely mentioned today. Thank God that was so great to not talk about Jack Eichel. So... Uh, but once again, guys, we are going to take off uh, before we get reeled back in again. It is so it is so great to be doing this. And this is the reason why we do this. This is the reason why uh, I, I, I'm just I'm, I'm thinking about when I can broadcast again soon. Like I said, we're going to be doing more broadcasts every single week, uh, especially when the season starts kicking into high gear. So uh, thank you, everybody right now. And um uh, we will see you all next week. See you on Tuesday. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, that, <laughs> that's, what the hell? I need to start playing with your balls out there. That is great. <laughs> that, that's that's, oh, that's 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 awesome. That might be um, one of the funniest things I've. I, I I do have to say I'd, I'd probably say out of all American hockey figures, Lou is probably number two of all time. Herb Brooks being number one, um, because Herb Brooks the stories, uh, <laughs> don't don't reel me back in. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll, I'll I'll ask the viewers this. So. I mean, I'm going to get denied. I'm going to take a hit to my self-confidence. But you guys want me to try to reach out and get Lou just so I can be humiliated? If you want, I'll do it. But I Yeah, can't sure. Probably, I can't sure. We could probably do We could probably do an entire 20-minute uh, interview on him. And we don't even no, have no, to no, ask no. him. I'm, I'm, saying, I'm saying, do you, want, do, you want me to, do you want me to send an email trying to get Lou on? Just for the probably the hilarity of the response that I'll it, get. It, it, it couldn't hurt. It couldn't it's hurt funny. to say yes. Or I'll even also it. pitch it as... Uh, possibly doing a documentary uh, on his career. I'll feel all dejected, but I mean, I guess it's par for it's par for the course. Yeah, but you know, you know, you, you swing for the fences. You know, if you have the opportunity to to ask out Sarah Johansson and she says no, who cares? So, yeah, I'll be like Lou. You remember? You remember uh, me? I was a schmuck the 2018 draft that you probably literally have have no memory on do you want to come on my you want to come on my podcast even though you haven't spoke to anybody in the media since the season ended <laughs> by the way granny you're actually right about this i have to watch this the story about the trashers it's on netflix it's on netflix yes it's great yes, i mean i'm still yeah. i'm still working on the version uh of we didn't start the fire except it's all about hockey so and yes, we're, we're plugging Big Apple Hockey on that. So, <laughs> still trying to make sure it gets on. All right, we definitely got to get out of here now. <laughs> this is the fourth one. This is the fourth one.
Why are you in such a rush, Mark? Where are you going? Going to take a nap. <laughs> you take a nap before hockey? I always, oh, you always, yeah, I don't eat like six or seven hours before a game, but yeah, I do take a nap. So, yeah, see, if I take a nap, I'm too groggy afterwards. Mm-hmm. Like you wake up and you're all like, you know, I, well, I, I wake up and I'm energized. So, you know, do you guys you know. need a guy? Do you guys need a guy tonight? Um, I don't know. I'll, I'll probably find that out uh, soon enough. All right, you know what? Sure. I'll, I'll take a look. I'll share uh, the where where is your game? It's probably somewhere in Nassau, right? Actually, yeah, it's actually Beth Page. It's right around the corner from me today. Yeah, I'm not I'm not going to Beth Page. You look like you just read something about like Yeah, no, no. My uh my my friend Dave is uh saying that his buddy Jim emailed me a ticket. It's all digital this season. Um that he could just email the tickets for next week's game. You need you need to go see a man about a horse. <laughs> I need to go see a man about a horse. I, lost, right. uh, I do I do always like playing hockey, but no, I'm not. I live in um, Suffolk, out, out at like Rocky Point, so Beth Page is is um, a little a little too a little too far. I mean, don't get me wrong. If it was my normal team, I'd I'd play for it. But to, for Phil and drive out to Beth Page. Well, for your for your your drive, it would be a little bit much. What? For your drive, it would be a little bit much. A man. Beth Page. Is the the funny thing about Beth Page was when I was playing back in high school, that was an outdoor rink with uh, a chain link fence around it, and it but it had an overhang over it. So. I mean, it was fun. It was also cold at times. I mean, there's there's just times. It was just. Uh... Oh no, no! I by the way, I do uh, drink. What do I drink before the game? There's a, there's like a workout shake that I usually drink before a game that I I take. Uh, what position do you play? I was a center. I'm left wing now. Uh, I mean, I can play the right very easily too. Had a couple of good games on the right this year. <laughs> this this may that's that's pretty funny. And you know what? About you know four years ago, you'd be right, but my daughter's five now, so that doesn't really that doesn't really happen. But there's, <laughs> there's, still, there's still other instances where uh, that could be feasible. And whatever you do, don't blink and you'll miss it. I mean. Uh, one minute I'm taking pictures with my six-year-old niece, and now I'm taking pictures with my sixteen-year-old niece. So, um, yeah, time time flies, man. It really? Y- yeah. You'll, still, you'll still, 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 still trying to find the right girl. I mean, what? You'll know. <laughs> you'll know. You'll know. You'll know one day. Yeah, you'll, I know. I know. It'll, it'll happen for you and Filk. Ah. <laughs> uh, all right. So yeah, we definitely gotta sign off. This is number five. <laughs> all right, but guys, thank you all very much. Mike, you gotta go make dinner. Um, Blue, I I will have to tell. Uh, I'll have to tell. Um, Bobby said hello, so uh, I'll be doing that later. We have a game at Beth Page tonight. Uh, probably going out to Jackie Riley's at about one o'clock. Have a drink there because timeout in Hicksville will be closed. Oh, Jackie good. 
A what? You, made that, you, you just made that up. There's no such Jackie, Jackie Riley's. Jackie Riley's, yeah. It's right across from Batters yeah. Up on Beth Page. No, I never yeah. heard of it. So it's, it's a nice Irish bar. Yeah. Uh, the owner, Sean Riley, one of the best guys you'll know. I mean, um, my my owner uh, of Boss Croakers, he's phenomenal. Can't say enough for him. Mike so, Riley from the Boston Bruins? No, no, no. Sean Riley. I'm trying to remember where he was playing, though. There was definitely Sean Ira, Riley in the NHL. But Sean? also, I do got to get I do got to get some of the other interviews up so that way people can see that. And by the way, it's Granny, thank you very much. Um, so we will, like I said, we're going to be at that game. Love to hear from you guys if, any, if you're going to be there. And um, it's going to be on a football Sunday, so I'm pretty sure that building will be pretty empty. So uh, can't right. wait. Yeah, can't yeah. can't wait just to be back at a, a hockey arena again. Like, oh, goodness. It's been two years. Should I wear my Islander jersey? Yeah, it's the Islanders Rangers. Why not? And you know what? This is going to be my first Ranger Islander game at the Garden. I've never been to a Ranger. I mean, I've been to just a Ranger game, but I've never been to a Ranger Islander game at the Garden. I was at the one a few years ago where the Islanders went up 4 nothing. Uh, it was when they played three times in a month. So it was 2020. Okay, there you go. Yeah, it was 2020. And uh, they went up. The Rangers came back with some power play goals. And uh, Panera was out. That's what I remembered about that one. <laughs> were you at the game? Uh, were you at the game when Yashin had the hat trick on, was it Richter or Cluche in the first period in 2000? No, it would, it would, uh, that has to be Kevin Weeks then. If it's, if it's post lockout? Or is it no Yashin? You're talking 2001 or 2002? Definitely. Uh, sorry, uh, AZ. Uh, yeah, take have a good one, AZ. Yeah, definitely. We'll they'll this because trust me, there's gonna be plenty of time when I'm gonna be in Arizona. So, um, well, not, not post lockout. It was yeah. It was it was Yashin. It was probably had to have been anywhere. From I think it was 2000, might have been his first year with the team. It might have been 0102. Okay. Um, no. By the way, the answer is no. Then so, because the only Islander Ranger games I saw for years was only the ones at the Coliseum. Saw the one where Oli Kavasha had two goals. None of them were shot on net because uh, they were deflected off of skates. Um. Saw the or one the- that. That uh, Eric Cairns tried to put Theo Fleury's face through the glass, yeah. and Fleury ended up getting the OT winner. Mm-hmm. Um, or the I was in the grand old days of the the overtime loss category. Yeah. So the Victor Kozlov four goal game and Shanahan a hat trick in the same game. That was post lockout. Yes, that was. Um, I was. Uh, I was living in. Uh, not Miller Place. I was living off of. Uh, I was living in Quorum at that time. I was living with my third girlfriend, and yeah, I remember that. And ugh, seeing that. And then uh, I think a month later, I was taking a shower, and I heard about the Rangers called up this rookie, Dan Girardi. Wonder whatever happened with his career. So that would that would be cool, right there.
Nice. Yeah, that would be that would be interesting to hear. I've been seeing some classic uh classic Lou, big Lou stories. Oh. Is there any other question you're gonna get to get to keep me on here for a little longer? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I got I'm I'm getting hungry. I mean I could I could go. Um but I'm I need to eat some food and although I, I did see this before we went live. I didn't mention it though. You guys, you guys stole Tanner Fritz from the, uh, from the old well, Sound Tigers, really. I don't even remember when. Who the hell is Tanner Fritz? You guys signed him today. Well, the Hartford Wolfpack signed him today. He played oh, the- today? Yeah, he was up and down. I mean, he never, he may have played a handful of games for the Islanders. <laughs> yeah. No, I, no, I don't think, I don't think we're ever going to hear from him. Don't worry. He's not going to be the next Mike Haley or Eric Harris, who was, just gone from one team to another. You know what would be Mark's worst nightmare right now? Like Jack Eichel being traded this instant, and then Mark would have to stay on and talk about it. <laughs> no, I'd still rather – you know what, Anthony? That would be great because then we'd have closure. No more Jack Eichel stories. Yeah. And then also he would be getting – yeah. And Chris Simon, by the way – oh, see, now that is more important. I met, I met Al Trowick once. But he was at Sears. I was a salesman, and he was looking at a pressure washer. And all of us were huge Ranger fans, too nervous to go over and talk to him. You I eventually did. Him. I went over, talked to him for a minute, and that was about it. It was like three sentences. It was not. It was like, yeah, love your work. <laughs> I, uh, my wife and I. Um, it was probably our, this was six years, so probably our four, our third or fourth year anniversary. We, we went to a rare. Rare six fifty and um, Syosset. Mm-hmm. I guess I was lucky enough that that day apparently it was Clark Gillies like golf outing. So we're sitting at the bar waiting for our table, and I just see Mario Lemieux, Ron Duguay, um, Eric Cairn, Steve Webb, Mike Rizzioni. Uh, like I was like they just kept walking by, and I was telling my wife, I'm like, this is just ridiculous right now. It's a great <laughs> anniversary. You're gonna pay more attention to hockey players than me, but uh, I got a picture. Um, that's Mario Lemieux, honey. <laughs> yeah, I told her that. I said that's literally one of the best hockey players of all time that just walked by. So when he was walking by me, I asked if I can get a picture, and he said, "Yeah, you know, absolutely." And uh, we took a picture, me and Lemieux, and it was it was pretty uh, it was pretty cool. I mean, I, I was starstruck by Duguay and. You know, Eurizioni, but Lemieux was like, I'm like, I have to, I have to take a picture with Lemieux. That was, that was fabulous. But I, I wasn't, I, it was, it was done that, like you just said, you were nervous to talk to try. I wasn't, I mean, I was nervous, but I'm not nervous enough where I was going to pass up a opportunity to talk to Lemieux. I mean, that's like the guy that I was most nervous talking to was Adam Graves. That's, that's why, because I, I just have such admiration for Adam Graves. Yeah, I, just, I ended up going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. And uh, I know, I know you bring up the Chris Simon story in the in the in the comments, but also Chris Simon right there. Chris Simon, man, he was a gift for the Islanders for uh, being a former Ranger, and just the, his he he almost royally messed up. Ryan Holloway. Ryan Holloway. You know what? Before it was, the, it was the disgusting thing that he did. But 
and this is not in any defense of him, but before that play, Holloway hit him, like hit him into, if you recall, hit him into the boards and his head, he went like head first into the glass or the dasher. I don't exactly remember. And like he got up and I think he was, he was just like, he wasn't there and he just reacted poorly. But I think, I think the hit that Holloway put on him messed him up a little bit and he acted stupidly. Uh, I, I agree with that. Uh, to an extent, I don't think it was, I think it was just a reactionary thing. I'm not sure if it was necessarily, um, that if you, I don't think it was necessarily from getting hit in concussions, but just, yeah. And there, he had, he had other underlying issues at that time. But yeah, yeah. substance abuse and. But it's 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 also it's just a thing you get it and sometimes your anger just comes out and this is what happens. Yeah. Okay. This is number six. <laughs> all right, guys. I'm just gonna go to click end sh- end broadcast. So again, thank you all very much. We will see you all again soon. I got to download this, put this on iTunes, Spotify. We got so many other different things. This is why it's sort of like, gee, you know, it's just easy doing this. No, it's not. (laughs) Oh, my God. All right. But again, thank you all for joining us. We'll be back at full strength next week. And um, uh, look for the Keith Jones interview once again. So I will see you soon.